Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to a, a packed edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily coming out of the long weekend. Hope you all had a great few days with friends and family. Uh, and now we're going into a huge week for the Winnipeg Jets and certainly Winnipeg sports. Listen, we're going to be all over the hiring of Rick Bonus today. If you tuned in earlier today, we did have the press conference on the channel. You can go back and review that. We'll certainly hear from Rick Bonus and more coming up over the course of the next little bit. It is a bomber game day as well. Of course, the bombers taking on old pal Andrew Harris tonight in Toronto. And what a perfect day to have Joe Piscucci jump on. We'll have Scooch in the second hour of the program um, certainly get his thoughts and memories of Rick Bonus in his first run here in Winnipeg, both as a player and as an assistant coach and then a head coach taking over for the fire, Dan Maloney, um, and his thoughts on the return of Rick Bonus, who, of course, just finished uh, the better part of three seasons as the head coach of the Dallas Stars, taking them to the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2020. In addition to Scooch, where we'll talk Bombers and Rick Bonus. We'll focus in on the Winnipeg Jets, what this means for the club going forward. And, of course, hearing from both Kevin Chevalier and Rick Bonus with some clips from earlier today. Dave Poulin is going to be on the program with us. I'm really looking forward to having Pooley on uh, because, well, like most people, he's been coached at one point by Rick Bonus. He was on the squad earlier when, um, uh, I guess, in the 91-92 season with the, uh, uh, with the Boston Bruins. So we'll look forward to having Dave on. Dave's going to join us at about 125 or so, so probably about 20 minutes. And we'll get to those clips first uh, with Rick Bonus and Kevin Shoveldayoff and Jeff Hamilton of the Free Press as well. And again, normally we might spend a little bit more time on Bomber Talk, um, but today we'll save that for later on because, of course, of course, the huge story today is the hiring of Rick Bonus as the uh, third head coach in Jets 2.0 history. Let's get Remus in here to kick off the program. Remo, first things first, how was your weekend? You got away a little bit. Of course, this we knew this news was going to happen on Friday on a holiday day. And um, I know you were out in the Interlake. I was out in Riding Mountain and barely had cell service. Um, but what a swerve it was from the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we had heard Rick Tockett was the guy that you know potentially was going to be the new head coach. And it was a Rick, but it wasn't Rick Tockett. It was Rick Bonus coming over from the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I was all fired up for Rick Tockett. I was ready. You know, that was the big conversation at my hockey game on, on Thursday night. Okay, Rick Tockett, uh, you know, he was good on TNT, coached the Coyotes. I had a video all ready to go. It was doing amazing on Friday morning on our YouTube channel. You and Ken talking about Rick Tockett, what what qualities he brings. I get to my destination, and I see that it's actually Rick Bonus is the head coach. And I was like, oh, come on. And I had to, like, use the slowest Wi-Fi in history to, like, post a graphic. Like the, I couldn't even load images. This Wi-Fi was so slow. So if I was in Winnipeg, like not doing anything, yeah, probably we could have done something. But we were both out of town. You had to phone me because you couldn't text. <laughs> and like, come on, Manitoba, let's get this sorted out. Let's get some quality high-speed internet uh, in the Interlake area. You were in the Dauphin era area. Like, there's no cell coverage. Uh, what 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 uh, what year are we in here? Come on. So so I know people wanted us to go live. I felt really bad, but. We had said for a long time, you know, we were going to be taking July 1st off for Canada Day. 
And to uh, be South- honest, those yeah. were all reports. And I mean, listen, we'd also had reports that Rick Tockett was offered the job, and apparently that isn't hasn't been true. So you know what? Listen, we'll let the big J's do their journalism. We'll let the insiders do their insidering, and we'll talk about it and react to it here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, because um, that's what we do here. Um, you know, I didn't want to. You know, listen, it gets very dangerous, and we've seen this, frankly, through the last few months of you know people maybe being a little bit aggressive or a little bit too quick on certain reports um and then also people in other spaces of the internet just doing whatever they can to get attention and get clicks and frankly we don't want to be that so we've got a great lineup of guests we're going to be kicking this around all day today um as well as looking ahead to what's a massive week at general managers meetings in montreal on wednesday and then, of course, for round one of the NHL draft on Thursday, round two through seven of the NHL draft on Friday. So while this is a very busy day for us coming out of the weekend, um, it's not going to stop. And make sure to join us daily here from one to three if you're watching us live on YouTube or when you're finished work, catch the podcast or the YouTube replay. And uh, for anyone that's new here that popped over today, whether it be for the press conference or just finding the channel now, we are Winnipeg Sports Talk. We are here every single day, Monday to Friday, 1 o'clock p.m. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button and uh, and be uh, be with us on the reg. Speaking of uh, of great support, Remo, I just have to quickly give a shout out. I, um, as I mentioned last weekend, was uh, going out with a friend and taking in a couple days of Country Fest, uh, spend some time, you know, Golf Clear Lake, course is in beautiful shape. It didn't take me two minutes from being there till uh, I found out that the... Uh, the gentleman that was the starter at Clear Lake was uh, a regular Winnipeg Sports Talk listener. And I have to tell you, the response I got from folks in and around Country Fest, both people from Winnipeg, but a ton of people from the western part of the province, was unreal. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to everyone that stopped by and said hi. Really appreciate the support. And it's glad so that uh, it, it's really awesome to see how so many people are uh, getting our program and consuming it in so many different ways. And needless to say, dude, as you can imagine, I got a lot of questions on the head coach. Um, and, and I'll say this right now. And I mean, I'm looking forward to talking to Jeff about this. And this will be a topic that, you know, we'll get to throughout. Um, and Rick Bonus talked about it today that everyone knew that Barry Trotz was the first choice. I will admit, when I heard the news on Friday afternoon that the Jets were hiring Rick Bonus, and especially when I heard that the contract was a two-year deal, um, you know, in some ways, this is, I think, a transitional period for the Winnipeg Jets. We've talked a lot about the contracts that are on the books for the next two years. Um, I think it's very realistic to think that this team will look incredibly different in two seasons, and that could also include the head coach, I'm not going to get to, and I mean, we really won't know, um, you know, whether Rick Bonus in some ways, there was a lot of people asking me, is he's a placeholder for Barry Trotz? Um, it was kind of funny being in Dauphin on the weekend, and it seemed like in some ways Trotz watch was back on when Rick Bonus was hired because of, you know, we knew how far down the road the Winnipeg Jets went trying to get Barry Trotz to be their head coach, and we'll have Rick's response to that, which was uh, which was a funny one. Um, but I do think that there's many people thinking that bottom line is right now going into this season, Rick bonus is the head coach and he will look to do many of the things that he implemented very successfully in Dallas with the Dallas stars to a Winnipeg team that disappointed last year. And both he and the general manager spoke to that earlier today when they met the media. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought um, when I first heard the hiring. I thought, uh, okay, well, this is an interesting hire because, one, we hadn't really heard his name mentioned. And we'll talk with Jeff later. He mentioned uh, Bonus as a possible assistant, but not as the head coach. And my second thought was, okay, well, this isn't really a long-term solution. So it seems like the team thinks that they can maybe retool a couple things and try to win now. And you look at, at the roster the way it is. I mean, you probably would like to move some of the salary off your defense towards forward. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported today, we'll get to it later, you know, conversations being had about Brandon Dillon and also Blake Wheeler, uh, you know, mentioned with him, maybe the team's working with him on moving on. But Rick Bone is coming in, bringing the team that kind of defensive structure that Dallas was known for um, so well. And we saw it here all last season. I mean, the Jets record against Dallas in these close games that went to overtime uh, was not great. So uh, you hope that he can come here and do the same thing. Now, when I come, you know, when you listen to the press conference and he says, I want to be hard to play against, I'm having flashbacks of Dave Lowry saying the same thing last year. Now, every coach is going to say that. Yeah, there's um, no coach that says, I'm kind of thinking we want to be yeah. easy to play against. Yeah. Uh, that's that's sort of the way <laughs> we're going to no, go on this. Every, but we'll have to see. I mean, he's had a history of success. He's known as a, as a communicator. So I, I'm kind of thinking of this, like, is this Barry Trotz light? Um, this is what they're going for. But I think there are a lot of questions being raised with the two-year with the two-year term and hiring a 67-year-old head coach. Well, I'll say this, um, you know, just from a personal standpoint, um, I mean, how do you not like Rick Bonus as a guy? I mean, he is engaging, he is charming, and from the sounds of it, I mean, that really resonates with players, and I think that's very important as well. Um, you know, he spoke about how different it is coaching right now as opposed to what it was two and three decades ago, uh, and I think that's going to be very important. Um, but at the same time, you know, the fact that, you know, he has the experience, he has worked with so many different players, he's seen so many different situations, both as an assistant, an associate, and a head coach. Um, you know, I think he certainly has the basis of experience to work on, you know, a situation here in Winnipeg that I don't think is, you know, un Listen, this, this is not a one in a million scene. I mean, this has happened to a number of teams over the course of a long time, and you sometimes need to bring a guy in that can really connect and resonate with this team. We'll see whether that happens. Um, but I'll say this for anyone that thinks that, and I know there's a couple um, uh, a couple comments in chat that, you know, this is signifying that the Jets are going to be, you know, in, uh, in tank mode. I mean, I, it's the exact opposite. I think that, you know, both Shevel Day off, and you heard it today, feels that, you know, the talent is there. And, you know, much like Rick Bonus did with the Dallas Stars after Jim Montgomery had to leave, um, you know, taking that team to a Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning just a couple of years ago. Um, I thought he did a great job with Dallas. Certainly the Dallas part of his head coaching resume stands out um, far better than some of the earlier stops. Now, you know, when you're taking over an Islander team um, that, you know, was was pretty bad, you know, we'll see. And my God, if you're the head coach of the expansion Ottawa Senators, that is a job that um, <laughs> you know, you're going to take a lot of L's in. Uh, but the recent, the recent Rick Bonus record with the Dallas Stars, I think, is uh, you know should be exciting for some Winnipeg Jet fans. I mean, listen, it all goes back to you know how hyped up everyone was and how hopeful they were for Barry Trotz. 
that wasn't the case. But your point of maybe a bit of Barry Trotz light is maybe not a bad uh, comparison right now, Remo, uh, because he certainly is charming. He'll do a great job in the press conferences. But the bottom line is this is about winning hockey games, and the Jets didn't win enough last year. And he sort of outlined some of the things in the presser today uh, that he thinks he can instill in this club and, um, you know, get some better results, which is what this is all about. Yeah, we'll get to those those clips and the ones that everyone I see everyone talking about uh, in chat. But I would say I have a you know a couple concerns just from reading some of the Dallas thing. I do want, and I think part of this might be uh, based on roster construction. Um, if we're going to see the same kind of you know top six, bottom mm-hmm. six that we saw, it seemed like that was in Dallas where they basically had one line that could score, and the other lines were tasked with playing defense. How much uh, dump and dump and chase? Are we going to be seeing, I saw complaints from some Dallas fans saying, you know, the games when they had the lead got pretty boring to watch. And, but then when they played from behind, you know, they played this open style. So there were two, you know, they kind of played two different ways. I found that interesting. And one other thing for the Jets, you have to wonder, has if they're kind of in a spot here, they've kind of been teetering uh, no man's land where they're not quite a Stanley Cup contender and they're not quite, um, you know, going for that top draft pick. So you're kind of hoping Connor Helba can get you into the playoffs and you get hot and, and can go on a bit of a run, similar to how you know Jake Ottinger did for the Stars last year in the playoffs and Anton Hudobin <laughs> taking them to, uh, to a Stanley Cup final, which is still incredible. So um, I'm, I'm curious like what, you know, what the projections are going to be. And it's really hard to say right now about the Jets, how you think they're going to finish when we don't know what the roster is going to be for next year. Uh, there's going to be changes. There has to be. And the draft no, is coming up changes this week. This week. I mean, yes. we'll get to an interesting comment about the communication with Blake Wheeler in a minute. Um, but let's get to a few of these comments right now because we will have Dave Poulin coming up in just about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, Rick Bonus, Chevel Dayoff, met the media today. Of course, if the entire press conference is on the YouTube channel in our last video. Uh, but let's start off with Rick Bonus's opening remarks to Winnipeg coming back as the uh, third head coach in 2.0 era. And uh, Rick's experience, uh, his, his knowledge, his character, um, you know, what he up. has uh, done in the game and, and what, you know, he is going to do for our organization is, is uh, uh, what makes it a very exciting day for me. So uh, officially uh, thank him and welcome him and uh, turn it over to him. Thanks very much. Nice to see uh, some friendly, familiar faces here. And um, it, listen, it's a great honor for me to sit here today as the newest member of the Winnipeg Jet True North family. And I certainly want to thank Chevy and Mark for giving me this opportunity. From a coaching perspective, uh, very excited about this opportunity. This is a really good hockey club. And uh, for whatever reason, it, it lost its way last year. And uh, myself and the coaching staff, when we get it all together, we're going to work very closely with ownership, management, and everyone associated with this uh, organization. And we're going to get it back on the right track and we're going to get this team back in the playoffs but uh, again very excited to be part of this family very excited about the future of this team and very excited to get back to work on the ice in in September and working with these guys. Rick Bonus, uh, his opening remarks and uh, of course a big part of the uh, questions of the assembled media was how they got to the finish line with Rick Bonus. Here's Kevin Sheveldayoff and what led them to uh, Rick. 
Well, obviously, uh, you know, it's been a, an interesting, you know, summer from a lot of different perspectives. It's, it's well known that we, uh, you know, we held uh, some some conversations uh, with with Barry Trotz, and, and uh, you know, Barry, uh, you know, made the decision to uh, you know to, to to take care of his family, and, and which is an admirable one. When that uh, decision became apparent, um, you know, I, I immediately turned uh, my attention over to um, reaching out to Rick and, and seeing if if there was uh, uh, you know some synergy there and some some opportunity. I didn't want to um, initially go through the process knowing that Barry uh, was potentially there and have uh, you know Rick uh, you know hanging uh, I didn't want him to lose any other opportunities that that might have uh, been there at that time um, but it became you know very apparent you know from the very first conversation that we had that uh, the job intrigued him the opportunity intrigued him uh, certainly there was some synergies with us having him uh, you know play uh, you know against us so many times knowing you know our players knowing our team it was it was an easy kind of conversation with respect to um, you know where we're at, what we need to do, what what you know adjustments and thoughts and you know systems and beliefs that uh, you know that Rick had, and there was a, a real synergy uh, right you know right there with me um, that um, it, it was it was going to be a, a good choice. There's Kevin Day off on uh, what led the Winnipeg Jets to hiring Rick Bonus as their third head coach in 2.0 history. Um, listen, when and we'll get to the Bonus's comments on the end of last season, his thought process before picking the next job. But it was reported that Rick Bonus was a potential candidate for the coaching staff, uh, but not necessarily the head coaching job earlier in the process when, of course, the Jets were hot and heavy for Barry Trotz. Um, he did speak in the press conference on, you know, his process over the course of this summer and if he had other calls from other NHL teams about employment this season. I, I had turned down three other coaching opportunities, not at the head position, but... Um... So I had turned down other opportunities. Uh, I wasn't interested in in going to a rebuild, right? I've done all that. Uh, and if I was going to get back into coaching, the, the two things were important. And the first was, and, and my wife Judy brought this up, just to work with good people. And that's the most important thing at this stage of my life and my career. And, uh, you know, the management team here with Mark and the ownership, these are great people with a great reputation around the league. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to do is work with a good team, and that has a chance. And this team has a chance. We've got a great young goalie in, in, in Connor. We've got good defense. we got some great offensive forwards. Uh, do, are there things we have to change and tighten up? Absolutely, but that's what—that's what—that's the challenge for me, and that's what excited me. So it's—it's it's the opportunity to to work with good people, work with a good team, and in a great market like Winnipeg. All right, there's a little bit more from new head coach Rick Bonus, and uh, you know we'll add to that just on the end of the Dallas Stars so as Remus gets that ready. Um, but it really is an incredible coaching resume. Um, you know, from the head coaching part, I mean, obviously earlier in the season on some pretty bad teams, well, he did have a strong record the one year in Boston and then became the, the head coach of the expansion Ottawa Senators for the next four years. I'm sure that probably, I would say it took a few years off his life, but man, for 67, he sure looks great and has a lot of energy, but no one's been on the bench for more games in the National Hockey League. He's an assistant, an associate, or a head coach than Rick Bonus. So he certainly does have that experience that apparently the Jets were looking for. Uh, but Bonus was asked about the end of last season with the Dallas Stars. Of course, they lost in overtime of the seventh game against after pushing the Calgary Flames to the absolute limit and what his thought process was before picking his next NHL job. 
I guess at the end of the season, as a coach, you know, we lost in that overtime in Game 7 with Calgary. Uh, we, we pushed the players hard all year to get into the playoffs. This is a tough league, right? It is. And it's tough to get in the playoffs. Uh, so we, we pushed them hard. We got in. We had 98 points. We got in. And it was a hell of a series with Calgary. And But there comes a point, I think, man, we've pushed this team as hard as we can, as far as we can. And maybe it needs a new voice. And, and so it, it came to the point where did I go in and ask for an extension? No. Did they offer an extension? No. So I can't, I think both sides kind of agreed, okay. Okay, it's time for a new voice, which, hey, that's that's the business. No problem with that whatsoever. Uh, so, again, you, you know, I, I said at the end of the year uh, I wasn't going to pursue anything, and I didn't. Uh, you hope at that point your your reputation, your name is going to, they know how to get a hold of me if they want to find me. They may have to fly to Halifax to find me, but that's where I'd be. Uh, but so you wait for, you, you wait and see. Again, I wasn't going to go back to coaching for the sake of coaching. I didn't need a job. I don't need a job. Uh, I want to, I want to have a chance to win. Um, so the, the opportunity to be a head coach again, yeah, that, that excited me very much. But uh, again, more importantly, it's working with good people and it's working with a good team. Uh, so the, the other opportunities I've turned down, they were good teams, but they weren't ready to where they were ready to win. So I wasn't all that interested. So when the phone rang, uh, and I had said that at the end of the year, that, listen, if, if something piques my interest, then I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to jump in. So when Chevy called, uh, talked to Judy about it and said, yeah, this this is a great opportunity. We know the city. We know the, we know the organization. We know the people. And we also know it's a good team. So we got pretty excited when that opportunity came. All right, there's Rick Bonus. A little bit more from uh, his introductory press conference earlier today. Um, now, uh, listen, anyone that's paid attention to Rick Bonus or has talked about him to you know other people throughout hockey knows that um, he's an incredible human, an individual, very popular with both players and people in the game as like. And I mean, it comes across in the press conference. That being said, seasons and games aren't won in front of the media; they're done on the ice. And of course, Rick Bonus was asked how he wants his Winnipeg Jets to play and how things might be a different after a disappointing season last year. Well, I'll just take you back a couple of years ago because coming into Winnipeg and playing against the Jets, you knew it was going to be a real tough game. Uh, physically, they, they were structured, the offense, they were a really, really good team. When we played them last year, it just didn't, there was something missing. And you could feel it and you could see it. Maybe you can't always describe it, but when you're playing against them and you're on the bench and, and you just kind of feel it, okay, there's something missing there. And again, that's probably, and I'm not getting into that because I wasn't here, it just kind of got derailed a little bit. But if you go back and, and you look at the roster and how competitive they were for, for a while, it's there. And we just got to, we got to work together, um, all of us to get players included, uh, uh, to, to get it back. Now, I've reached out to a lot of the players. Uh, I, you know, we're leaving voicemails. It's it's a long weekend in the States, long weekend in Canada. The players that I've spoken to are all very, uh, very realistic and, and, and enthused they know they had a things didn't go their way last year they know they're better than that they, they they were last year and they're all excited the players i've spoken with are very excited to get back on the ice and prove that they're a better team than they were last year so i get i get excited about that 
All right, so there's a little bit more about Rick Bonus. Now, there was a very interesting question from Judy Owen uh, about communications with Captain Blake Wheeler. We'll get to that later on in a few more clips. Jeff Hamilton still to come and Joe Piscucci. Dave Poulin's on deck. Before we do that, hey, we've got a great offer for uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners from our friends over at Wallace & Wallace, who I think are actually on the way after the show to uh, help Remo uh, with an issue for his garage door. Uh, of course, Wallace and Wallace are the fencing and overhead de- uh, door specialists, including boat house doors. Yeah, Wallace and Wallace ins- installs and services boathouse doors. In fact, if you're on the lake and a boathouse catches your eye, chances are it is one of theirs. You can choose between steel or aluminum, polycarbonate or glass panels, and a design that's perfect for your little piece of paradise. And with galvanized tracks and springs to protect against rust, you know their doors are built to stand up to the challenges of life at the lake. And hey, if you're thinking about your boathouse door and could use some TLC now that the high water is receiving, give them a call to arrange for a service visit at 452-2700. You can also hit them up at wallacedoors.com or check out the showroom on Lawson Road. And speaking of the showroom, if you've got a tennis ball hanging here in your garage right now to keep your bumper from bumping, We've got a special offer just for WST listeners. The first 50 people to swing by 90 Lawson Road will receive a free LiftMaster Laser Garage Parking Assist. Just come on down, ask for Haley or one of the gang, and tell them Huss and Remo sent you from Winnipeg Sports Talk. First 50 people this week to head on down there will get a free LiftMaster Laser Garage Parking Assist. Uh, again, they are at 90 Lawson Road. You can also check them online at Wallace Fences and Wallace Doors. Dot com. Uh, well, no one was dressing up formal this weekend, but we know there's, well, I guess maybe there was a few weddings, but you know, there's going to be many more. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And our boys at F Apparel have been uh, the leaders in custom men's suit at great prices in Winnipeg for years. 400 bucks, you can get into a custom made suit, which will last you for a long time. Not to mention great collection of chinos, um, golf pants, accessories, ties, shirts, shoes, and more. It's all there at F Apparel. Hit them up online at FEPHapparel.com or at 190 Smith Street downtown. And, of course, Vita Health. We had that great weekend out at Vita Health for their block party, um, but they're back in the summer planning on doing some entertaining. You need some great options, non-alcoholic options. They've got the sober bartender line and so much more. Not to mention incredible stuff for the barbecue, including bison burgers and lean bison steaks. Vita Health stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local organic natural groceries, supplements and beauty products, all at great prices. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And check out their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. And with Pooley coming in, he always gets jealous when we talk about Aikens Lake. I was just checking the, the feed on the weekend uh, century clubs out the yin yang master anglers and more we're going to get there in about a month i cannot wait but if you're thinking about a world-class fishing experience here in manitoba where you can be on the lake in about two hours from the city of winnipeg check out aikens lake some limited availability list uh, this year already planning for next year check them out online at akinslake.com or on social media at akins lake all right what a perfect day to have dave pool and join us uh, because with all the excitement about this week with the expansion draft or the uh, entry draft, excuse me, as well as the GM meetings, we wanted to get to that. But of course, we got a new head coach in town and let's bring in NHL analyst for TSN and our great friend Dave Poulin. Pooley, first up, how was your Canada Day long weekend? Canada Day was was really good. I, I celebrate both the first and the fourth. I feel I have that license because I lived in both countries and have both passports. So 
uh, celebrating a little bit with my daughters today who are all down in the States and, and going through that. But uh, good long weekend, a lot of golf involved. Uh, got back into that cycle after not playing very much this spring at all. There was actually dust on my clubs when I arrived at the course. Never a good thing. But I dusted them off and, and got them going. And and then I arrived back, and good news for the Jets. And uh, you hired a great man in Rick Bonus. Well, let's get to this. Um, it, it, I'll be honest. It caught a lot of people off guard. I mean, we, we sort of rely on many of the insiders and the, the journalists that are following this. And, I mean, Rick Bonus was named earlier on in the process, a guy that could be part of a coaching staff. And I think that was when we were spending a lot of time talking about Barry Trotz but wasn't a guy that was really rumored to be in that final mix. And then on Friday, the Jets sort of dropped the ball, and we got a bit of a swerve that it was Rick Bonus. I mean, first off, you know Rick well. I believe he played for him for a little bit in Boston in one of his first trips around as a head coach. Tell us about the man that the Winnipeg Jets are getting and how you see a fit from a team that disappointed last year to a guy that certainly, as far as his head coaching career, has come off probably his best work with the Dallas Stars. Well, you know he's coached a long time because he coached me. <laughs> so that starts as number one. And he had been a, uh, a short-time head coach before that, but he took over from Mike Milbury in Boston. And it was a unique situation, Andrew, because Mike Milbury was only going to coach two years. And he was GM and coach in Maine with the, uh, with the Portland team in the American Hockey League. And his deal with Harry Sinden was he would coach for two years as a head coach. Well, he comes in. We go to the finals the first year and the conference finals the second year, and then he steps down. So Rick Bonus, as a new coach, inherited a very good hockey club and, and had a terrific year. And it was a year in which there were a lot of injuries. And we got to the conference finals. We lost to Pittsburgh in the final four to Mario's. That would have been his second cup year. And... We swept the Montreal Canadiens for the first time in the history of those two organizations without Cam Neely and Ray Bork. And when you were dealing at that time with a second line that was, I think it was Super Dave Reed, myself, and Peter Duras. So there was an awful lot of coaching going on from Rick Bonus, <laughs> and uh, just did a great job. And at the end of the year, to our shock and dismay, was let go by the Bruins because Brian Sutter was available and Harry Sinden felt that Brian Sutter was the perfect coach for the Boston Bruins. He had been relieved of his duties in St. Louis one year, I think, post winning the Jack Adams. And so it was a really tough situation for Rick. And he bounced back and was the head coach the very first year for the Ottawa Senators. But I had a really enjoyable year with him. Um, you know, he was, I thought he was a great communicator back then. Obviously, we're talking about a very different day and age. And he did a great job for us. And we were very saddened to see him leave that team at that time. We thought we had a pretty good thing going. He seems to be somewhat, I mean, he's a very personable individual. I mean, anyone that wasn't familiar with Rick, I think probably got a good vibe of what he is uh, all about and the person that he is in the introductory press conference. But from a player standpoint, um, what was he like? How did he interact with the guys how would you i mean you can describe coaches in a lot of ways i mean how would you describe rick bonus from your experiences playing for him my experience was a very good communicator i was a veteran on that team and once again i talked about the success of that team and we weren't i don't know we we didn't have a a lot of really high-end players but the ones we did have included the names of bork and neely and and adam oates would have been on that team as well 
And so we had some high-end guys, and then we had a lot of just guys. And I think he managed the group very well. We had the veteran goaltenders in Reggie Lemelin and Andy Moog. And, and he just managed the situation really well. He knew he was taking over a tough situation and a good situation because we were used to winning, and we didn't disappoint on that front. I mean, to, you know, to play in, what, 10 um, playoff rounds in three years, and those being the last three rounds, is, is pretty strong. And – you know, I remember him as a communicator, and I like if I just look back at the last nine-ish years, and he's been in Tampa and for five and Dallas for four or, or somewhere in that mix. And, and I look at the type of players and personalities that he's dealt with in that time, and that's my reference point right now as I look at him, not with the team back then and the, and the guys we had, the key guys, the ability to communicate with those key, key guys, but look at that same – group in Tampa that he would have been a great conduit, you know, for John Cooper with the Kucherovs and Stamkos and Edmund and Vasilevsky group. And then of course in Dallas, the run, I'd say a rather unexpected run to the Stanley cup finals that he had in the bubble year with, uh, with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben leading that way. So that's what I want is his experience, both long-term, but also short-term with high-end superstars. Well, and, and I think the, the the experience in Dallas is probably the most pertinent to today's National Hockey League. And, and of course, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets and Dallas Stars go at it all season long. So, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets are quite aware, as are most Jet fans, of the way that the Dallas Stars played over the last few years. And, you know, talent-wise, you know, they had diminishing assets in Ben and Sagan, who sort of were that team. And we saw a real transition over last season to... Jason Robertson and Rupi Hintz being the guys that were out there in that key time. How important do you think that experience with what Rick was able to do with sort of the secession plan, if you will, in Dallas, how much does that relate to this situation in Winnipeg right now going into next season, Dave? Very much so. I mean, I think you've got some defensemen who are champing at the bit to get in and Billy Hanola and, and Dylan Sandberg, but up front you've got Cole Perfetti. You've got some young guys you know, and, and then you've also got a young core and you think of them as being a little bit older, but they're still in the mix, you know, the Kyle Connors and, and that group of, of high-end kids and dealing with Miro Heiskanen and, and you mentioned Robertson and Hints, but you have to have the mix of the two. It has to be the ability to, to communicate both with the next group that's coming and be able to work them in and immerse them into it. We watched Jason Robertson's a great example because that wasn't an overly heralded prospect or that high a pedigree coming in second round pick, but he really stomped in. And that's what you, I mean, you'd love to see that with a Cole Perfetti this year, impose himself. And as we've witnessed with Rick, if you do get the opportunity, you're going to get the opportunity. And that's always healthy and always good with a lineup. Uh, Dave, a two-year deal. And, and I mean, listen, we knew how in on Barry Trotz, the Winnipeg Jets were, were, they were willing to be patient and it didn't end up with him coming back to coaching. Um, there was a lot of people. It's funny. I was out in the Dauphin area over the course of the weekend. So let's just say the Trotz watch was still going on, especially after this news. Um, and many people speculated that maybe Rick was some sort of a placeholder either to get Barry back. But the more you look at it with a two year deal, and two years left on Scheifele's deal and Connor Hellebuck's deal and Pierre-Luc Dubois' deal. What do you make of the arrangement of, you know, an older coach on just a two-year term with where the Winnipeg Jets are right now as a team? 
contract-wise for the next two seasons and then what might be there beyond? I'm very fine with that, actually. And, and you know, Rick has a number attached to his age. I think he's very he's much younger than that in my mind. You know, I don't I think that's a number. And and I think he he ha- he you know, he is used to being around that group and that age group. And I, I don't think that's a factor at all. I really don't. I believe there's a club option for the third year. Um, but if you look at the recent uh, spate of signings, they, they a lot of them were three year deals. And, and this is what this is with the club option for the third year. So. Um, and, and I think that's common sense on both sides. It shows the confidence of the coach, but it also shows, you know, that that the day of like six and seven year deals for coaches, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for the coach as well. And in my mind, and I, and I think that that fits what this situation is. Now, uh, Dave, so much of the post uh, end of season talk around here circled around you know, the guys that had really been the culture carriers for a number of years and Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Um, there's plenty of discussions that both uh, both team and player might be looking for a change of scenery for the captain. Sounds like it's a little different with Mark Shifley. And certainly for many, myself included, the thought by the way that he played or maybe the lack of buy-in to Dave Lowry's system and what he had to say at the end of the season, the writing was on the wall that maybe Mark Shifley would be elsewhere. Certainly doesn't sound that way right now from what we're hearing around the team and what they've said today. How will Rick Bonus handle a player like Mark Shifley coming off the season that he's had, a player that we've seen be engaged, that play at the top of his level, that for whatever reason wasn't getting, wasn't doing that last year to the detriment of, I think, the team as well as the, the atmosphere and the culture within that room? I would fully expect those would have been the first phone calls, and it would have been to those two guys. In, in my guess, you know, and, and I'm sure on a long weekend, it's hard to get a hold of guys or, you know, some guys are tucking the phones away for the weekend. But the, my guess is the initial conversations will be with those two. And the perspective is, look, I game planned against you. You were at the top of the whiteboard in my locker room when I was in Dallas. And, and that's the player that I know. And that's the player that I expect to see again. And I expect to coach. And it's as simple as that. And it's a fresh perspective, Andrew, that says that, I know how good you are. You know how good you are. For whatever reason, if it got off the rails in any manner, that we can get it back to where it was. And he would well remember the team that went to the conference finals only a couple of years ago. And, you know, that it's been rebuilt. Certainly the back end has been rebuilt. There's been an infusion of some young players. There's been emergence of some young players. And I mentioned Kyle Connor, but I I think Ehlers has come out as well. And, And I also believe... You know, from a from a younger player standpoint, Josh Morrissey is is a much more profound in a leadership role, and so it's the mix of those two elements that have to happen. And coming from another set of eyes that was on another bench in the same division, that's the way I would spin it. I know how guy, how good you guys are. I want you to get back to exactly where you've been, both mentally and physically, in the way you play the game. You know, you mentioned those young defensemen like Billy Hainala um, and Dylan Sandberg. And, you know, we'll see what happens this week and over the course of the offseason because, of course, there is uh, there's a logjam of NHL defensemen at that point. And at some point, you have to have room. But I really do think that the time probably for both of those guys to get a chance as regulars in the NHL uh, is now. How much do they benefit from a guy like Rick Bonus coming in, especially when you look at what he did in Dallas with the likes of you know, Miro Heiskanen, who albeit a third overall pick, I mean, a really incredible talent. Uh, but Essa Lindell, some of those younger defensemen that 
you know, I think sort of flourished under Rick Bonus. How much do they have to gain from this new voice in the room? Well, it's fresh eyes and, and the fresh eyes work for both sides because even if it's just perception on their part um, that they want a bigger role or an opportunity, they have to earn it under a new set of eyes. And sometimes it takes that second coach or the second city, you know, sometimes for a player, for a young player, for whatever reason, to fully engage and fully get in. But, you know, I've seen flashes of both players play at their best, um, whether it be in the American League, whether it be in, you know, back to the world juniors or whether it be in the NCAA ranks with Sandberg. And, you know, I think you've got two guys there that should be pushing hard. And if they can't push their way in, then that bodes pretty well for you too, because if they can't push their way in, um, then you can use them as assets. And, you know, because there's still people, you know, that there's people that would have an interest level in them. And if they don't fit with your, you know, your system and your style of play and the coach that you brought in, then that'll be an answer as well. Uh, Dave, you mentioned Nikolai Ehlers, and I think he is such an important piece going forward. And, and you know, many people that watch the club over a number of years have thought that maybe he was underutilized, certainly with what he was doing at times. He's never really at any point been part of the first power play. Um, a lot of the times when it was Shifley and Wheeler, he was playing second line minutes despite being, you know, minute for minute, probably the most productive forward. How much does a player like Nikolai Ehlers have to gain with Rick Bonus coming in, a guy that's coached against him, knowing exactly what he's capable of doing with this plan going forward for a new look Winnipeg Jets? Well, I think these players like to compare themselves to each other. And, you know, I'll zip you back to the 2014 draft and we had the number eight pick and there were three players that we were looking closely at. And one of them we took at number eight was Willie Nylander. Number nine was uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Number 11 was Kevin Fiala and, you know, just recently traded and had the explosion of 85 points this year and sort of reinvented himself a little bit in that Minnesota. He'll can actually worked his way into a penalty kill unit as well, which may be, you know, a little bit unusual for a Fiala type of player with an 85 point offensive season. So I think Nikolai Ehlers has an upside to where he's been. I think he's, you know, he's got the electric game. And sometimes, Andrew, it's been just where he fits exactly and whom he fits with. And, you know, at times we've seen the established of the first line um, when it was, well, go back to when Patrick Liney was there. How did it fit together? How was the wheeler Shifley, you know, Connor combination? And then how did that fit in with Stasny? And where, you know, where do the pieces go? And, and I might be looking at Nikolai Ehlers right now and saying, okay, I want to see this as the featured piece and how we build around that. I think there's that much there. Just as the explosion with Kyle Connor and the consistency he's shown at the highest level right now, um, you know, and, and just really proven to the league of what kind of goal scorer he is, I still think there's an upside with Nikolai Ehlers. I'd be working to find him the perfect two line mates. Dave Poulin is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. If you haven't already, folks, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us here daily, 1 p.m. live on YouTube. Um, and if you're not able to join us live, hit the subscribe, and uh, our fresh content will be in your YouTube feed as soon as you click on it. Um, Dave, one of the things that was interesting watching the Dallas Stars and with the amount that we've seen them play is that, you know, you did have the likes of Hints and Robertson, which were elite offensive players that really produced – but lower down in the lineup, at times, it almost seems like they played a different game at times. I mean, a real stifling defensive style um, that often changed depending on the game. I mean, 
How different do you think the bottom six of the Winnipeg Jets will look um, once we get to the season? And, you know, from one of the th- from some of the things that really were the issues for the Winnipeg Jets last year, which was defensive play, how impactful do you think that new voice and the experience of Rick Bonus can be right when they drop the puck in October? Let's start with the playoff series they played against the Calgary Flames. And, you know, Andre was terrific in net. The young goaltender was outstanding. And I think it's, you know, certainly well-known that you have a pretty good goaltender in Winnipeg and, and Connor Hellebuck. And so you start in net and say, okay, you've got world-class goaltending, which he was used to, which he got last year from Ottinger, particularly down the stretch in the playoff run. And then build around that and in front of that. And But as much as Hellebuck is proven the Vesna Trophy winner and and the stability he provides back there, he needs more help. And he needs... You know, from a shot standpoint, from a slot shot standpoint, from the all the different aspects of offense that they look at now and where the chances are coming from, rush chances, you know, cycle chances or whatever that may be. And and that was proven in Dallas. I mean, they played a grinded out game. Now, I think in today's NHL, guys are smart and they're smart enough to know that there's not one system that fits all. And the ability to have versatility and play different styles of games. And if you look at the team's that we're still playing as of last week in Tampa and Colorado, they can play different styles of hockey and you have to have the offensive weapons, but you have to convince those guys. I mean, you know, the parade of shot blocking we saw from both sides, the impressive parade of shot blocking, that's the kind of commitment that's necessary to win at the highest level. And so the versatility in the game is something that I think is there with the makeup of the Winnipeg lineup. But the demands have, have to be there amongst each other. And I'm saying that one guy looking at the other guy next to him in the locker room to be willing to do the defensive side of things as the two teams that I mentioned that were playing last week were willing to do. Dave Poulin's with us. Uh, Pooley, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and again, this is probably more interrelation, uh, like the relationships and interpersonal, but it was pretty clear that over the course of this last season and really dating back a few years, there's a lot of times where it didn't seem like the Winnipeg Jets were having a lot of fun. And I'm not sure. I think a big part of that was probably due to some of the things that were happening internally. Some guys weren't too pleased, probably the reaction. And uh, part of this is definitely going to be on the general manager to get the right mix of players. But you just see the positivity that Rick Bonus uh, exudes, uh, the sort of guy that he is. Um, can Rick Bonus get into training camp and, and change an atmosphere by his presence and and make it fun to come to the rink again and fun to be a Winnipeg Jet? Because I have to admit, I, I think that was a, a big part of, um, you know, the fact that this team didn't really play like a team at times. They they weren't one. Well, it's up to the locker room, and it really is. He can set the tone. Uh, his assistants will set the tone. We're hearing one name uh, of another person that I know and played with, and Scotty Arneal whether he ends up being part of the crew or not. Yeah, he's a, by the way, he's been confirmed as the uh, the associate head coach. Terrific. Well, there's a terrific guy and a positive guy, and I played with Scotty as well. And, you know, he's had a nice experience set as well, most recently with the Rangers in Washington, and, you know, two really good hockey clubs. And that's the experience that you bring. It It used to be, I think, Andrew, that it was expected that the head coach would be a little more aloof and that it would be up to the assistant to communicate, I think that's passed. I think it's passed. I think the demands on the head coach now to be able to have that three-minute chat on that skate around the rink at the start of practice, 
you know, this, this next age group of players expects that level of communication from the head coach as well. And so two more coaches to be added, I'm sure that'll come into consideration. But the two you have there, in terms of their positive attitudes and the way they look at things, um, certainly that'll start it. But it's up to the locker room. It is absolutely up to the locker room. And it's up to the challenge that's going on amongst each other. And I say that in a very healthy way. Um, it, it, I'm not saying in a negative manner at all, but you've realized what has been going on didn't work. And if I'm in that locker room, I want to change that. I want to be part of that change. And I want to show that I'm capable of more than was achieved last year. And even with, you know, whatever changes are made and be they major or minor, that that team was capable of more as everybody thought it was. It's up to the individuals to prove that. Uh, Dave, I want to quickly ask you about Arnie uh, and Scott Arneal, someone that, you know, I, I know quite well from my time with the Moose. Um, you know, he did a great job, took them to the Calder Cup finals and, uh, you know, had, you know, what is it, a year and a half in Columbus, didn't go well, and has now been an assistant coach for a couple pretty significant successful coaches over the years. Now, to a part of the fan base, he, you know, got a really bad rap, I think, because everyone just thought that True North was just taking guys that they know. Um, and he certainly, I mean, from being a Jet, so tight with Dale Howarchuk, a big part of this team. But he's got a pretty damn good coaching resume. Um, for folks that are unsure about Scott Arneal, what should they know about what he brings to this organization, the experience he has a coach, and uh, why do you think he'll be a benefit to this team to have on uh, on the staff? Well, similar to when I talked about Rick and his experience, you know, Scotty has the experiences that you've discussed over the last eight to 10 years. I like having a guy on the staff who's been a head coach. I like having a guy who sat in the big seat and had to make the decisions. And, and I think when you see, you know, and, and he's done it at the American League level, but he's also done it at the National League level. He's been an associate head coach, which is an added responsibility that he's absorbed and handled. And, and he's been with different organizations. He hasn't just been one, but he does know Winnipeg. And I think that does help. I really do. And I, and I believe his experience with the Moose, with the Jets as a player, you know, iteration one as a player and, and back, you know, as a coach now, I think it's all very helpful. It's, it's the variety of experience that he brings, the variety of winning with those teams, the various teams that he brings personalities he's had to deal with because you look at the locker rooms on both sides in the most recent experiences with both Washington and New York. And there's some big personalities in those locker rooms that had to be dealt with and had to be managed. And he brings all that to the table. Dave, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, now they've got a coach and a coaching staff and probably there'll be another one or two individuals added to that. Uh, this is a huge week. Um, you got the draft, you got the GM meetings, how busy do you think Chevy's going to be over the next few days? Do you think the Winnipeg Jets roster will look significantly different in a week? I don't know about significantly. I think he's I think he's open to making change. I think he should be open to making change. And and I think there could be a lot of movement because I think there's enough guys that are willing to make change mixed in with a bunch of guys who have to make change. There's teams with cap considerations. There's teams that are going to have to they're going to have to make changes. We just watched a significant one in Tampa with Ryan McDonough out and Grant Mismash, who's an interesting guy. And I know you're very familiar with North Dakota program there because you've had players in it, but um, you know, and it's just South of your border. Uh, that's going to be an interesting pickup for them. Uh, and, and I think that Meyer still has 
potential to be an addition to that lineup. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's the kind of willingness we're seeing already, the move of Fiala, the move of McDonough. There's been major moves made. The other aspect you can't underestimate is physically all the guys are together again. And that hasn't happened in a couple of years. And face-to-face, you know, in the machinations of what's going to happen in Montreal over the next six or seven days, I think a lot could go on. Pooley, thanks so much. A happy fourth to you. Get back out to the grill and uh, enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy what should be a great week of uh, a lot of off-season excitement in the National Hockey League. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoy the next couple of weeks with both the draft and free agency. <laughs> you got it. There it is. TSN's Dave Poolin with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We're staying with the Jets and the higher Rick bonus. Jeff Hamilton coming up in just a second. Thanks to Dave, as always. Uh, hey, I do want to thank our friends at Culligan Water for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Locally owned and celebrating 65 years in business last year. They are the go-to folks for all things water, softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether you need for the home, the cottage, or your business, Culligan's got you covered. They're at 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180, or hit them up online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, a big weekend in the rearview mirror, but a couple beautiful months of summer coming up. And if you want to make the most of your weekends, whether you're working on a, a boat, a sea do, a golf cart to rip you around campgrounds, maybe a hot rod, Manitoba Battery has you, uh, whatever you need battery-wise, you'll be saving time and money over the big box stores. And speaking of time, if you don't want to jip into, if you don't want to get uh, too much time of your weekend taken out, you of course can take advantage of their extended hours up until 8 p.m. Monday to Friday right now for spring and summer at Manitoba Battery. They're at 1026 Logan Avenue, 783-8787, or check them out online at manitobabattery.com. Well, lots of excitement about the upcoming draft. We'll see who the Winnipeg Jets select. And if you want to be getting uh, maybe one of the first individuals to grab a uh, jersey of the newest Jet property, Royal Sports is the spot. Hey, they're the best spot for Winnipeg. Jets merchandise, Bomber merchandise, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, the world of international soccer as well. They really do have it all. And, of course, while it's a great time to get outside, soccer, baseball, softball, bikes, tons of disc golf gear, tennis, and more. Make the most of summer and get on down to Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for their latest merchandise drops and information on their big sales, including their upcoming tent sales. And hey, just as we get into Hammer, great weekend. Shout out to the people at Clear Lake Golf Course. was looking great. A couple WST fans working at the uh, at the, uh, the uh, golf course as well. Uh, JT Poston with the big win. Shout out to Nielsen, who picked that one on the lock shop last week. And uh, we move on. Sort of a low time, but um, Scottish Open coming up. And then, of course, the Open Championship in a couple weeks. When we talk golf on WST, we do it for a breezy bend. A great spot for you and your family. One of Winnipeg's top private courses, a long-term home with a great junior program, women's program. If you're thinking about a home for your family on the golf course, talk to Corey Johnson about getting on the waiting list for next season. And you can find out more online at breezyben.ca. All right, lots to get to with Hammer today. Normally, we'd be all over this Bomber game tonight, which we will touch on before the end of the chat. 
Uh, but you know we're going to be starting off with the Winnipeg Jets. Let's welcome him in, Jeff Hamilton from the Preep. Hammer, what's going on? How, how, was your, how was your long weekend? Lots going on. Yeah, I started out in Winnipeg and ended in uh, ended in Toronto. Um, you know, obviously the, the the holiday was Friday, but we have a CFL game here to wrap up a uh, four day weekend for some. Maybe if they uh, whatever, but uh, yeah, no good weekend. Lots of uh, lots of nice weather out here in Toronto. I got a bit of a sunburn, got to see some jazz last night. Uh, so it was uh, all things all things all things coming up, Jeff. Right now. Well, let's uh, get back to Friday uh, because I was, of course, out in Dauphin with barely any cells, uh, cell reception. And Remo was at the in the inner lake. Partying uh, with of, Trots or what? Of course, that was well. Trots watch became back on the uh, back on the docket. To be honest with you, on Friday after the bonus hire was announced, we'll get into that in a minute. Just first off, I mean, wh- what did you make of it? When was he back on the, on the radar for people that were covering this closely and? And what can we take? What were you, what was your takeaway from a two-year deal for Rick Bonus at this point as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, I mean, I thought, look, I, from what I understand, Rick Bonus was a name very, very early on. I mean, I think it was in May when I was tossing kind of names out that I was hearing. Rick Bonus was on that list. Now, mind you, I had him as an assistant coach um, in that I thought he was going to be part of a Barry Trotz staff. Uh, I can say that Barry Trotz was the guy that – suggested Rick bonus as a, as a potential, you know, assistant coach. I'm not going to say he was there, you know, fighting for him to be the head coach after he turned down the jets offer. Um, but I believe that Rick bonus was a name the jets had for quite a bit of time. Now, I don't think that, you know, as we heard Kevin Chevrolet off speak today in his press conference with Rick bonus, I don't think there was a lot of dialogue in between those two things. I do think that after, after Barry trots, you know, ultimately turned down the jets offer, you know, despite them coming to an understanding of how of what it would take to get to, to, to get Barry Trotz here. I mean, he wanted to sit on that offer and again, ultimately decided not to come here. And um, I think the reality is, is that I think the Jets were a little bit pooched. I mean, I'm not saying they weren't doing their due diligence, but I think they were they were caught in, you know, a little bit of a rock and a hard place, not wanting to. You know, not wanting, you know, wanting to give Barry Trotz all the time, you know, seemingly in the world to make a decision, um, but also not wanting to do a rebuild. And I think there's a couple names out there, um, you know, whether it be a Pascal Vincent or a Scott Arneal that would have resulted in more of a rebuild. I think they wanted to find somebody who they felt could take the roster that they have right now and continue to push. And I think that's exactly um, what they believe they have in Rick Bonus. I mean, we've seen... Uh, you know, as you talked to Dave Poole in the previous, you know, in the prior interview, what he was able to do with Dallas, uh, you know, I, I think the Jets, you could make the argument, have a better roster uh, than the Dallas Stars. So, you know, I think the thought here is bring Rick Bonus into into the mix, see if he can resonate with with the players, uh, resonate with you know the organization, because I'll, you know, that's another thing, part of this, right? I mean, you need to be working. I mean, how many times did Rick Bonus no, uh, mention that he was going to be working in lockstep with not only Kevin Shoveldayoff, off but ownership? So, you know, that was a big part of the puzzle too, and um, I I do think that it. I don't know if the word convincing needs to happen, but I think it did take some pushing from people within that organization to, to say, look, Rick bonus is your guy. He's the guy that I think gives you the best, you know, is the, is the best piece of the situation that you, that you want, that you, you know, that you believe this team can have. And, and by that, I mean, a team that can, again, you know, doesn't have to be broken down or rebuild that you could take those pieces and turn them into a playoff team this season. So as far as the two years, 
Uh, we can get into it, but I don't see it as a stop gap at all. In fact, I don't, you know, like, especially for, for Barry Trotz, uh, like I don't think the jets are waiting for Barry Trotz to come into the mix after a season or anything like that as, as you know, as it has been reported um, already, there's a third kind of team option. I'm hearing kind of rumblings. I don't want to throw out any specifics. I think it could be even more than a third year. Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I look at those two years and I see it as, yeah, you can look at contracts, whether it's to, you know, Blake Wheeler, who, you know, I don't think is going to be around, but you look at all the other contracts that, you know, are coming up kind of in those next two seasons. I think there's a real opportunity for Rick bonus to make a mark with this team. And if, and if that happens, I think you, you, you ride the momentum. I, I don't think it's a, a stop gap for a, a better option. Um, and I, you know, given, you know, we'll see what happens over these next two, two years or two seasons. Um, but I think Rick bonus when, when Kevin Sheveldayoff says that they, you know, this is a new era. I don't think this is one of those things where, you know, he's going to be here for a couple seasons and then gone, assuming, you know, all things go to their plan. Yeah. You know, Listen, I'm sure a lot of people, and maybe me in particular, guilty because we spent so much time talking about Barry Trotz that the minute it was Rick Bonus, who we know is certainly towards the end of his incredible coaching career, coming on board, and then finding out it was a two-year deal, that maybe, uh, listen, it was natural, I think, for a lot of people to go back to the Barry Trotz question because of where he was. You've addressed that. What about the two years as far as, you know, the makeup of the team? It really did seem like True North for a long time with the contracts that they signed, in particular Wheeler and Shifley and Hellebuck, knew that these next couple of years was part of that window. And, I mean, there are ups and downs, especially in a market like Winnipeg. What, is the, what does that tell you about, you know, their commitment to not any sort of, like, there's some people that think, oh, this is going to be the tank commander. This is probably the exact opposite of that right now, I would imagine. Look, I can't predict the future. I can't tell you what the Jets are going to end up being like under yeah. Rick Bonus, but I can tell you that's not what the Jets' plan is by hiring Rick Bonus. In fact, yeah. I think they're thinking the best. Um, you know, again, whether or not that plays out, only time will tell that. But I think the I think the belief in that organization, and not just um, you know Kevin Chevalier, Mark Chipman, other people who they task, you know, scouts, personnel within that organization who they trust have been telling them about Rick bonus and what he brings to the table. Now I'm not going to sit here and say Rick bonus is an amazing coach. Um, it's not my job. I don't break down coaching, you know, X's and O's and all those things. I don't have time for that to be quite frank uh, with everything I cover, but I do talk to a lot of people and the people who talk about Rick bonus talk about him in the highest regard that, you know, I've heard anyone talk about any personnel man again, what does that mean? Could mean absolutely nothing. I mean, he might not be able to do what the Jets are hoping he's able to do. But what I'm hearing about Rick Bonus and what he brings to the table, and you know, I'll echo a bit of what Dave Poulin said in the last interview, is he can resonate with players. You know, he's the guy. He he doesn't have ego. He's upfront. He has you know, he's a great communicator uh, with not only veteran players but young players too. I mean, we can look at you know his most recent sample size in Dallas, and as you mentioned, some of the young guys have come up there, and whether it's Robertson or Hens or or when you or if you know you look at what he's been able to do with Tyler Sagan or Jamie Ben. Um, but what I what I what I'm told is really impressive with him or or his and why he's able to resonate with players is that when he tells you something that you know you're not doing well or is trying to convince you of playing a different way, he is an absolute master when it comes down to breaking down film. And so he has an ability from again from what I'm told is that he has an ability to 
get players to buy in because he not only he he, he sells the, his sales pitch on systems are brilliant and film oriented. So he can bring players in and say, this is how you're playing. These are the results. You play this way and you'll get better results, you know, not just as individually, but as a mm-hmm. team. And I think that's, a you know, I think when you look at some of the issues that the Jets are facing, um, particularly around their roster and, and getting that buy-in, I mean, if that proves to be true, I don't think there's a better, you know, person, I don't want to say there's not a better person for the job, but I think those characteristics and those traits are exactly what you want from the next head coach, especially <clears throat> if you're not looking to, you know, break things down and roll with, with this, you know, with this team for, you know, as you mentioned, Huss, this two, two additional years um, being that window of, of being a, you know, playoff, you know, plus team. Well, and, and it's interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the weekend thinking back and looking at, you know, what the Dallas stars were when he took over, obviously that incredible run to the cup final, you know, a bit of a step back last season. And then a team that in my opinion, really kind of overachieved. I mean, you know, listen, the Dallas stars, especially come to the playoffs. I mean, the way, and listen, Ottinger had a huge part of that. I mean, you can't win in the NHL in the playoffs with a goaltending. But, I mean, canned up. I thought Calgary was going to sweep Dallas. I didn't think it was going to overtime in Game 7, and Johnny Grudeau was going to be a need to be a hero. But when you look back to where the Dallas Stars were when Rick Bonus came in and where they were when he left, um, you can make a pretty significant comparison to some of the top players on the Winnipeg Jets in that Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn were the team when he took over. And last year, when they needed a goal, when there was a big situation, it was Rupi Hintz, it was Jacob Jason Robertson on the ice, as opposed to Jamie Benn. And Benn, at some points, was playing less than 15 minutes a game. Um, what can we learn about that for some of the tough decisions that need to be made here in Winnipeg? I think it's the fact that Rick Bonus probably doesn't pull punches despite having the reputation of being the nicest guy on the planet. So I think he, again, speaks to his communication skills um you know it speaks to his his leadership abilities and his understanding that you can appease certain players you know at the detriment of the rest of the organization i think we if you look at you know if you look at the winnipeg jets and particularly you know paul maurice's history he did exactly that i think they have much different coaching philosophies and you know paul maurice ultimately when he took over the job you know, sat down Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and ultimately said, this is your team. You know, you run the room. I mean, he's, you know, he has said as much over the years. And I think that went off the, off the rails, you know, when you commit to certain people uh, over time, you know, I think that turns into a bit of losing, you know, you you eventually your, your message is lost because maybe your message was never really there. And again, I've never been in a, in a, in a, in a locker room with Rick bonus. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, he's necessarily going to be a big kumbaya thing here and, and get everybody going. But I think when you bring a temperament um, that, a, that a Rick Bonus has and, 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 an, and an ego that he doesn't have, um, or at least isn't inflated, I think there's an opportunity there to resonate with players. And so, I, you know, I, and, and whether you want to classify it as, you know, the best players win, I think it, it's more to do with who's picking up. Um, you know the the information that he's delivering. I mean, if and 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 if if you're if you're a coach who who trusts your systems and 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 you've seen success in the past and how you do things, well, the reality is is that you know if 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 you know a guy isn't doing his job, whether he's getting paid eight hundred fifty thousand dollars or eight and a half million, it's not going to work out anyways for you. So you can appeal to whoever you want. Um, you know, that's coach's decision. That's part of the politics of coaching. But when you know in your heart of hearts that it's not working, 
uh, and that it won't work, then you ride your system. And I don't think it matters. Uh, you know, I, it matters what you make. I think when you're, when, the reality is, is the, the jet, like the head coach certainly has a say, you know, in, in players and whether they should stick around, but it's, it's, it's the GM that signs the, you know, signs the contracts and, and commits the money. It's the coach's job to take the players that the general manager has given him and create a winning formula. So I don't think you can look at, you know, contract status and, 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 and all those things. And I think if, you know, you, as you, as we've talked about, if you look at what happened with the Dallas stars, I don't think, you know, I think that was, that wasn't the case. I don't think Rick bonus did look at guys like Tyler Sagan and, and Jamie Ben and go, you know, I have to, you know, appease you or because you're making this much money, you know, your leash is going to be extremely long. Now there's going to be a difference in leashes in, in every locker room for different players. But, <laughs> you know, I do think the reality is, is that you, you, you know, the reality with, with Rick bonus is given his systems and given all the things, you know, the reputation that he has, I think it's a pretty clear, you know, clear path in that you do what he tells you or you, you do, you know, and again, it goes, you know, it goes to all the studying and hockey IQ that he has. And if you're not committed, you know, then you're not going to be part of that, you know, winning formula. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is with us. Uh, welcome to everyone in here. If you're catching us for the first time, make sure to hit that red subscribe button. We're live Monday to Friday, uh, 1 p.m. Central time. And of course, available on podcast in around 3.30. As soon as we're finished the show, you can pick up the podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Remo, if you can, get this clip up. We saved this one uh, because it was the one very interesting, and it was a shorter answer. Um, but Rick Bonus was asked uh, about contacting players mm-hmm. and was asked about reaching out to Blake Wheeler. This is uh, how it sounded from the presser earlier today. One of the players you talked to, Blake Wheeler? I've, I've, I phoned him and left a message. He got back to me with a text, uh, and I, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out and say hello to Blake. All right, uh, <laughs> that was one of the more interesting comments. I mean, everything else was pretty much upbeat. I mean, that's sort of the guy that Rick Bonus is. I mean, what was your takeaway from that 10-second blip from uh, Judy Owen? I love Judy Owen. We'll just get that out of the way. But, um, yeah, I called him, left a message. He texted me back. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I wasn't there when he, when he called and left a message. I wasn't there when Blake Wheeler texted. I don't know what was going on in either of their brains, but... I do, and we've talked about this. Look, this is my pure opinion. Um, just knowing what I've known from, you know, covering this team for for years, and and knowing what I, you know, think I know about Blake Wheeler. I don't think Blake Wheeler is a Winnipeg Jet next season. He might not be a Winnipeg Jet next week. Um, so I think this is a massive, you know, from what I understand or what I've been told is this is going to be a massive couple weeks. Uh, maybe you know for the Winnipeg Jets, we even heard Chevalier, Kevin Chevalier say as much. I mean, that's not exactly a you know a breaking comment. Of course, it is. We have the draft coming up here, and then free agency. But I do think that it's you know this is look. I think this is going to be a big thing. You want to change culture. You want to do certain things. I don't even think it's about necessarily you know trying to convince Blake Wheeler to come back. I think there's an acceptance on him. And if I you know if I had to guess, I would argue that it's almost Blake Wheeler driving that bus as much as anybody. You know, I don't think the the Jets are actively pushing him out. I mean, look at the Jets organization. They're not exactly known for telling people to buzz off. You know what I mean? Or, or That to- being said, they're also not coming off seasons like this with what we know about that locker room. I mean, did they want it to get to this point? Absolutely not. But, I mean... You'd have to well, have I don't think Blake, I don't think I don't think Blake Wheeler is 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 being thought of of being traded unless Blake Wheeler is interested in being traded. You know what I mean? Like he has a no movement clause. He could make this very difficult for the Winnipeg Jets to deal him. You know what I mean? So 
uh, there has to be some kind of cooperation from 26 for this to happen. And I think all signs are pointing towards a breakup. Um, you know, I don't think Blake Wheeler will want to come back uh, and answer all the questions of the off season. You know, I think, you know, and again, like, I mean, this isn't an anti Blake Wheeler rant. This is a Blake Wheeler did a lot for this organization and helped them get to a certain place. And I think maybe even he's realized that he's hit his, you know, he's hit kind of the peak of the mountain and, and maybe there's opportunity elsewhere. And I think the jets, you know, you talk, so this about is Maurice people. moment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's an understanding that, you know, I think it's understanding that if the jet, like, I think it's almost an understanding within Blake Wheeler that if the jets are going to have a different culture, a different identity, the writings on the wall that yeah. he can't shift into a different leader. Like, why would he want to be a different player on the same team that he's the highest paid player on and has been a leader for years? I just don't see it being a great fit. So, you know, well, I hate, we'll, to, I hate to say it. And I mean, this is not a knock against Blake, but I mean, that opportunity is not going to be wherever he goes either. I mean, and I don't he think he's, be... and I, and I'd have to think that Blake Wheeler doesn't think that the opportunity he has in Winnipeg is the opportunity he's going to get with another team. I don't think so at all. Like I, in fact, and I've said this for a long time, I've wanted to ask this question for a while and I don't know why I haven't, but like it became a clear burden for Blake Wheeler, you know, to be the captain of this team, to come out front and talk to media. Like I think, you know, I think the the understanding, and again, I'm playing a little bit of like, you know, pretending to be in Blake Wheeler's mind here, but I think there's a, the reality that you're not going to be the guy that gets the Winnipeg Jets to, you know, that Stanley Cup championship. And I think he put a lot of work in, a lot of effort in, and I think there's an opportunity for him to make me take a step back, not just, you know, like take a step back from having that burden, having that load on his shoulders and going somewhere else and trying to compete for that championship and not be the guy who's the face of the franchise. Cause that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be the face of the franchise, it's a lot of work to be the guy who has to show up. And I don't think Blake handled it well throughout, you know, I'm not saying he handled it horribly. I just don't think there were stretches that he handled it. Well, you need to be consistent in your approach. You need to be consistent with your teammates. And Blake Wheeler was an, was an effort guy. So his consistency involved, you know, treating his body right being the hockey player going out there and giving it all now obviously his play regressed at certain points he you know he was a warrior and played through injuries and all those things that's the leadership that Blake Wheeler brought you need to be the guy off the ice too and I, I'm not 100% sure actually no he wasn't um in, in, in that way so to me it's that's a lot to, to hang on himself and I think Blake Wheeler would would, would you know like we would we're talking about Mark Shifley before would benefit from a change of scenery and maybe a little bit of a, you know, less of a load um, for the stuff off the ice as far as leadership goes. Well, I mean, we can't talk 26 without talking 55. And if the writing's on the wall that Blake Wheeler is not a member of the Winnipeg Jets next season, it certainly sounds more and more from people apparently in the know that Mark Scheifele is going to be back with this club. Um, let's talk about the fit of Rick Bonus to Mark Scheifele. And is that the biggest job in getting Mark Scheifele to buy in again and be the player that we saw in years past that obviously was absent, especially under Dave Lowry last season? Look, I, I don't, you know, Rick Bonus from everything I've heard and just, you know, his reputation doesn't seem like a bullshitter to me. So I don't think he comes out in a press conference and unprovoked says he talked to, to Mark Scheifele and he's quote unquote all in or whatever. Right. Like I, and I also think from that situation, just given what happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I thought it was super interesting. And I had heard rumblings early on that Tortorella had interviewed, but to, to, to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, he kind of, I don't want to say mentored, but like provided insight or whatever, I think, you know, 
that to me is like, you know, I don't know if Pierre Dubois knew that, but clearly they don't have a great relationship. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, if, if, um, if, if you, well, I'm not wondering, I mean, I think, I think they flipped the script. Like, I think it went from as soon as that kind of Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, look, the, the Jets have seen this movie play out over and over and over again, right? For, for as many great contracts or good contracts that we've seen Kevin Chevalier sign with this team to, to long-term deals, we've seen an equal amount of players go, I'm, not, I'm going to free agency, so, you know, you can sign me to one year, I'll have arbitration for this, I'll make money, but once I get my opportunity to leave, I'm going to leave. As I many? Think- like, outside of Truba, who? Well, I think you have like, you know, just other guys like Sammy Neek. I mean, that's maybe a, a horrible example, but you have, you know, Jacob Truba, you have Evander Kane, you have, you know, Dustin Bufflin wanted to leave. I mean, I'm talking about guys that just wanted to go, you know, Josh, well, Mo- Josh Morrissey held out. Josh Morrissey missed camp. I'm just saying there's certain things. There's Sign certain an eight-year deal. I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying that the tough negotiation, there's a bit of a reputation. That's all I'm saying. And, and I'm, I'm just saying that there's certain guys that, that want to leave this organization. I think there's a handful of guys within that organization now that want to go. And so, you know, I think the reality here is that, you know, I just, it, it's, it's once you start hearing those things and once you, once you know that, you know, those things can happen and you want to play hardball, I think there's a big, I think there's, you know, I think you need to make a decision. I think the Jets circled back on, on Mark Shifley uh, and, and, you know, kind of made him the one who's, who, who, who's the future of this team. So like, that's kind of, you know, and, and so with, with, with that, I think that's where you, you start putting things into perspective of, of like, you know, where this team is at and, 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 the, and, and the curveballs they get thrown quite often. Well, let me say this. I mean, I don't think Shifley's the future of this team. He might be the present for two more seasons, but I mean, he's going to be 31 at the end of that contract. I mean, I don't, and and let, let's be straight about this. I mean, there's so, been so much talk about his contract. He's going to want to get paid. He's going to want to get a very significant raise. Yeah, and, I mean, and at that yeah. point, I mean, we know what they referred to the Wheeler deal as a legacy contract in the off season or at the end of the year, um, especially considering what happened last year. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, I'd love to be wrong about this. I'd love Shifley and the Jets to have an amazing season and Shifley to go back to the player that, you know, led this team to their greatest heights in 27-18. And I'll eat my words if that happens. That would be phenomenal. That's the best case scenario. I'm not mm-hmm. betting on that. And that's why I think about these next two years. If there was going to be a guy, it would be Dubois. But if he's not going to be in that mix beyond two more years... We're sort of looking at these two years and potential trades involving both of those players, presumably at some point, which shapes the core of Jets 2.1, which essentially happens after those guys are out the door. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, even even going back to it, I mean, I started to think about it. I mean, you caught me off guard a little bit, but I mean, there's the Andrew Cobb stuff. There's Patrick Liney. I mean, I just think there's different examples. Jack Roslevic, I think, is an option there. I, you know, some people might look at Jack Ro- Roslevic and go, you know, wasn't a quality player. Well, we, you know, maybe he was also a first round draft pick. So at the end of the day, like, I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, it, it, it's not an easy, I also think it's not an easy business for the Winnipeg Jets, right? Like, I think it's, you know, in some cases it can be a bit of a tough sell. So, I mean, to me, I, I really do think that, you know, roster management is not, a, is not an easy thing to, you know, not an easy thing to, uh, to do, you know, and, and particularly in Winnipeg, I don't buy, you know, some of the stuff about Winnipeg and being a bad city. I think there are some people uh, that that I think there are some people who would like Winnipeg and we've seen players sign long term and that they that, that and that they would, you know, they do appreciate here. They, they love playing in front of the fans. They love the environment and all those all those things that come with being in a hockey mad city. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's 
You know, I think the when when you have seasons like you did last year, you're going to get tossed curveballs. I mean, teams the other you know watch the playoffs they see teams go deep and when you have high expectations and you fall and you fall well short of them it then ends up becoming you know it then ends up becoming an even tougher challenge to retain the next year well absolutely and listen i mean you can get on uh you know get in chevy for some things um you know hey maybe they should have been more aggressive or whatever the one thing i'll say i mean you know especially with the challenges that come with being in the smallest market and the coldest market in the league They've done a phenomenal job at drafting their players and signing the long-term deals. I mean, the Truba situation was one, but I mean, for every Truba, I can give you Shifley, Morrissey, Ehlers, Hellebuck, Kyle Connor, Dustin Bufflin, Blake Wheeler. I mean, these guys all signed extensions here in Winnipeg. So I do think that's maybe but, a little but, bit but, more. But, but yeah, that's fine. But well, look, just, just the reason why I bring that up is that right now we're hearing guys want to be out. Well, why do you think that is? Because it was miserable to remember the Winnipeg Jets last year. They were underperforming. It didn't seem like they liked each other very much. It was a divided team. That's why people wanted out. It wasn't all of a sudden they realized nine years after the fact that, oh, man, Winnipeg, the winter was really cold. So now they want to get out. I mean, let's face it. This was about internal issues with the club far more because I think the body of work that this management group has speaks for itself when it comes to getting guys to agree to stay long-term in Winnipeg. The roster tells you that that's where I'm at. No. And I, yeah, I think there's an argument to be made there, but I think strings are attached. I think there's guys that sign in Winnipeg with the expectation that they get what they want. You don't think Blake Wheeler signed here and was grateful that he was here for, you know, that long deal. I think he, he was, they were signing under the expectation that they, you know, had things come across more than just money. I mean, they, they these guys ran the show for a while, and then eventually with that leadership core, there was a massive divide over time. So I'm not going to sit here and argue that they don't sign. I said, you know, there's guys that do sign big long-term. Money talks. And when you get drafted by a team, there's certain assets that you want, that, that or there's certain advantages you have to sign with that team, whether it's long-term money, all those things. And I think there is a leadership core that, that obviously committed, but at the same time, I think you look at what happens and how you deal with things and you, you end up getting a little bit of a, you know, a situation within the locker room where, where guys feel like they should have got more. I think there's a lot of guys in there that felt they were underpaid, you know? And so, you know, I, I, I again, I mean, we can go in circles. Yeah, Nate McKinnon probably felt that same way. I didn't see, I didn't see that affecting him. I mean, that's just, I mean, listen, I, what, can we, what can we say about that? I mean, you know, if guys are signing deals and then are pissed off that they didn't get more, I mean, that unfortunately is probably no different in many other spots too. Um, and what is, anyways, I mean, this will be a topic we can get to more through the off season. I quickly want to hit with the blue and gold with you because Scooch is coming up. But as far as this week goes, Jeff, um, we got the GM meetings on Wednesday. We got the first round of the draft with the Jets with two picks. How active do you think this team will be this week and how different will the roster be a week from today when everyone's back from Montreal and does it include 26? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I think there there's definitely potential for, you know, some moves to be made. I think there's uh, you know, obviously they're not, you know, I don't think there's going to be a significant turnover here. This isn't going to be a rebuild as we know, this is going to be, you know, the pieces in play. I think Blake Wheeler is very much a guy that, is an option to get out. I don't think you're getting much in return for, for Blake Wheeler. Like, you know, Blake Wheeler, um, you know, as you mentioned last time we talked to us is, is addition by subtraction. I mean, whether that comes from the salary off the, off the, or the, his money off the salary cap or a change in culture. In fact, if the jets want to go the way of, 
you know, you know, getting rid of his of Blake Wheeler's salary, uh, they're going to probably have to give up another piece. Otherwise, they're going to have to eat, whether that's a draft pick, whether that's a prospect, whatever that might be, or they're going to have to eat half his salary. I mean, th- th- those are the things that those are the those are the conversations that are going to have to happen. At half his when- salary, I, I, I think that if they do eat half the salary and Blake Wheeler is all of a sudden a $4 million player for another team, He's still productive enough that if that is what is going forward, I mean, I think he's getting you back something in return. To me, it, it's all about how much the Jets are willing to eat as far as what comes back for Wheeler. Well, no, ex- it, well, exactly. I think, you, well, there, I, I don't think you're getting a significant player back, you know, and, and it, if, if you eat half the salary, I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. Maybe you get a, a draft pick, um, certainly not a first, of course, you know, like a deeper, a deeper draft pick. Um, but I mean, that's again, like that, that depends on, on all this, on all the factors of salary. I mean, that's a big chunk of salary off your salary cap. So you're not just going to trade a guy who you don't, you know, you can't just trade a Blake Wheeler and not eat his salary for, you know, anything in return at the very least, you're probably getting nothing in return if he takes the whole salary. So, uh, you know, I, 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 that will be wait, wait to be seen. I mean, to answer your question, I think there could be other moves. I, I would be particularly focused on the blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some, you know, Dylan Sandberg's making his way up. I think there's an opportunity to get rid of one of the veterans, you know, Brendan Dillon's name's been thrown out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on a different team, not just because, you know, I think Brendan Dillon's a great, you know, guy, he's a, a great person. Um, but I just think, you know, his $3.9 million salary cap is appeasing to, you know, veteran teams and, 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 and to a team that isn't going to bring him in as, you know, like one of their higher end defensemen, he's going to be a complimentary piece. And I think that's, uh, you know, that, that could be a potential thing. I think the blue line will be interesting. And, um, other than that, I, you know, just given what we, you know, that it's not going to be a, a rebuild or, or a breakdown or a Barry Trotz like thing. Cause I think if Barry Trotz would have taken over, I, you know, I think there could have been potential for a big splash and even, even the opportunity to move up, uh, you know, in, in, in the draft in that first round, you know, dare I suggest even a top five pick. So, uh, but I don't know, I, I don't know how much that changes with Rick bonus, but I, you know, when you look at what we know about Blake Wheeler and when you look at the blue line and, and how crowded it is with, with prospects ready to kind of make that jump. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a few moves that in the next couple of weeks here. Hey, just before we go, uh, and normally we'd be spending way more time on uh, the Bombers taking on Andrew Literally Harris. Bomber game day, too. Yeah, know, it is yeah, Bomber exactly. game day. Andrew Harris, uh, what's uh, what's the, the vibe around T.O. before uh, Harris gets going again? I mean, the we'll vibe around T.O., yeah. Well, well yeah. the vibe around T.O. Reminding everybody tonight. in the city there's a game tonight. Um, <laughs> but, you know, no matter where I go. Uh, yeah, the Argos. Who? Um, no, but you know what? This is a great game. I mean, it's this is Andrew. This is the one and only time this season that that Andrew Harris is going to be playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and it's the first game since you know that you know that that breakup over the winter. And and you know it's interesting, right? Because you talk to you know Andrew, you know the Jet the Jets the Bombers kept their piece to themselves. Um, and in, in, in how they felt about the breakup, but, you know, Andrew didn't, you know, Andrew spent those days, weeks, and sometimes months talking about the massive chip on his shoulder, talking about how, you know, um, he felt disrespected and, and, you know, and a lot of those things I think were the case. I think both sides had an argument, um, you know, you know, towards the, what ended up being again, a breakup, but, but for him to speak this week about being, you know, not making it a big game and yada, yada, absolute bullcrap like he he is going to be uh this is going to be you know the cliche circled on the calendar all this stuff andrew harris is going to want to perform 
um, and show, you know, Blue Bombers, not his former teammates, but his former coaches, what they gave up on. Um, and he's, and it's going to be very spirited. So, uh, but I also don't know if that's going to be the case, because if you look at Toronto's O-line, they're banged up. Um, you know, I just don't, you know, we've seen him, I think it was 124 yards through two games. Uh, but I thought McCobb Bethel Thompson, the quarterback for the Argonauts said a, a pretty, a pretty interesting comment, which, you know, we'll take it for what it's worth is that if, if, if their team or their offense in particular has any heart, They'll be scratching and clawing for, for Andrew Harris to get that victory. So, um, you know, the Toronto Argonauts can take over first place in the East at a, at a sparkling 2-1 and one record with this victory, and the Bombers can go to 4-0. and So um, certainly, definitely a, a good game to watch, and I'll be interested to see what uh, 33 can do. It's weird to see him in, in Toronto Argonauts gear, I'll tell you that much. Um, but we'll see what happens when he's uh, when, when, when he gets there. And listen, the Harris issue aside, this team got boat raced by the British Columbia Lions 44 to three in their last game out. I mean, regardless of everything else, I mean, they need to step up. I would imagine that this Argo team to quote MBT, if they have any heart. They'll show a hell of a lot more than they did after they got absolutely pounded by Nate Rourke on the West coast last week. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, you know, especially with the, if you, if you watched any of the post game comments, I, I was actually, you know, obviously I was very, uh, I was intrigued by them, but I, and, and I, I love those kind of comments, but Ryan did witty their head coach was was pretty much saying how much how garbage they were and 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 you know that they needed to you know obviously improve and all those things McLeod Bethel Thompson was saying uh yesterday that you know they need to you know they not they, they might think they're better than they actually are those kind of stuff right so like I think there is some bruised ego I think that is in the rear view mirror but nothing like a like a beat down to uh to you know to motivate you and and what should be a great a great game tonight because here's the other piece of the puzzle uh the Argonauts are They've won nine of the last 10 games at BMO. They were the one team with Nick Arbuckle behind center that beat the Bombers in their last meaningful loss uh, in week, I believe it was three last season. So, you know, anything can happen on any given Monday in this case, and and we'll see. But, I, you know, if you're asking me for my prediction, I just think the Bombers, just given their continuity, and uh, we've seen some progress from them from week one to week three, uh, I don't see this. I, I see this as a, another you know, Bombers victory, whether that be by short margin or large. Hopefully you're right, my friend. We'll look forward to the game tonight. And of course, look forward to uh, all of your coverage from Toronto in tomorrow's edition of the Winnipeg Free Press. And I don't know it's going to be a crazy week. And maybe we'll even hook up again later on, depending on what happens with the hockey team out in Montreal. Yeah, thanks a lot, Huss. Always have a fun time being on here. Thanks for keeping me honest. You know how you are. And uh, <laughs> shout out to the chatters. I'm sure they're having a heyday ripping me. So we'll uh, we'll do it again next week. All good, dude. You're the best. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. There's our guy, Jeff Hamilton at Jeff K Hamilton on Twitter. Make sure to check out all of his work in the pages of the Winnipeg free press. All right. The scooch is coming up. Who better Uh, both to talk about this game tonight, but also the incredible history of Rick bonus here in Winnipeg. We'll do that in just a second. Um, Hey, if you're looking for a new whip this summer, before you go anywhere, start your search with the experts over at Not Auto Corp. Not Auto Corp, a family-owned local business, uh, putting Winnipeggers and Manitobans into incredible vehicles at amazing prices. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Check out the electric vehicles they have and the Tesla Experience program as well. If you're considering a move from a traditional vehicle to an electric, you can find out more by popping in to see them at Waverly and McGilvery or check them out online at not.ca. Of course, a few 1919s went down over the long weekend, saw a few folks enjoying them out at Country Fest, out in the campgrounds as well. 
And hey, but Rick Bonus is here. And I know we did our big offer for Barry Trotz uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I do think that our friends at Little Brown Jug will put together a nice beer fridge and pack it up with 1919s and the other good stuff from Little Brown Jug for Rick. Of course, if you are getting ready for another beautiful Manitoba weekend or getting out to Folk Fest, check out the Folk Fest lager. You can pick it up at your local beer store at the Taproom and Brewery on William Avenue. And for you folkies out there, make sure to try it when you're at the Folk Festival coming up on the weekend. Uh, hey, Princess Auto, great sponsors of ours and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Really looking forward to welcoming Blue Bomber fans back to the Princess Auto tailgate zone before the game on the 15th. Hopefully no crazy weather beforehand that will force us into the stadium like last week. Of course, Princess Auto will be there. Great beer specials, pop, hot dogs, and more. Entertainment from DJ Finesse and some great Princess Auto prizes. And, of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7-365 over at princessauto.com. And, hey, a big happy birthday to one of our favorites, longtime WST uh, STers know Big Nick from DQ, the Nick and Nicky DQ, 40th birthday on the weekend. They had a big party. My buddy Jay from Finns did a tackle bar for them at the party. Anyways, Nick has been such a great supporter of ours. Wanted to give him a special on-air shout-out and a happy birthday to him. And, of course, remind you that there's four Nick and Nicky DQs, Niverville, Northgate, Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. It's blizzard season back in Manitoba. My favorite one is the Reese's Cookie Dough. Try that one, uh, but um, pop by. And by the way, if you're in Winnipeg and maybe you're not mobile, uh, all three Winnipeg locations available for ordering on Skip the Dishes and other delivery apps as well. Hit them up online at DQ Manitoba if you need to order a custom cake for a party coming up soon. Well, what a perfect storm with the Rick Bonus hire. Uh, Bomber's playing tonight in Toronto as well. Uh, but for those of you that have not already followed Joe Piscucci on Twitter, it's at Piscucci015. Got the Welcome Back Cotter music out yesterday and a nice little trip down memory lane back to 1.0 and Rick Bonus was both a player and a coach. And we thought, what a great time to have Scooch on to uh, talk about it. Let's bring him in right now. <laughs> Longtime sports director at Sea Candy and Global joining us now. Scooch, how about that? Rick Bonus back in yeah. the peg as the head coach. Great to have you. Hope you had an awesome weekend. What'd you think? Uh, I had a great weekend. Uh, I think it's fabulous. You know, it's almost like you're going back in time, obviously. And before we get too far into this, I want to know where I can buy tickets to the rematch with you and Jeff Hamilton. <laughs> Hammer's the best. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. All right. A great bonus. Uh, he's, he was everything uh, that you heard about today in the press conference. You know, he was approachable. He was great with the players. He was great with the media. He was a great communicator. Everybody, uh, you, you never heard anything bad said about Rick Bonus. That, you know, he joined the Jets in 1980. Uh, John Ferguson trading Craig Norwich to the Blues to bring uh, Rick here. And he didn't play much in that 1980-81 season. The Jets really didn't have that great a year, of course. They had that three-game uh, winless streak. But two games that he, he, he did excel. There was a game in Toronto. He scored a couple of goals. 
And there was a game, uh, the second tuxedo night. He scored a couple of goals against Montreal. And that was pretty much the uh, the end of his playing career. The Jets, of course, uh, went down to uh, Sherbrooke. Player coach there came back when uh, Barry Long was promoted to uh, head coach by John Ferguson, came here as an assistant. He was on the bench for the uh, two uh, playoff victories by the 1.0 Jets as an assistant coach under Barry Long. And, of course, under Dan Maloney, replaced Maloney, of course, in 89 for the final 28 games. What I found interesting was that he was signed when they announced that he was taking over from Maloney. They said that he had a two-year contract. But with a couple of weeks to go in the season, he had no guarantee that he was going to be back as, as head coach, and which was a surprise uh, to many and a, certainly a surprise to some of the players on the team and, you know, Dale Howardchuk was, as I remember in a story that I did about it was, it was disappointed that, you know, there was no guarantee that Rick was going to be back as head coach, but he's a terrific guy. Definitely. You know, he, he got, he, he knew about communicating with players and, you know, and, and telling them, you know, maybe not what they want to hear, but what they had to hear because players just want to be told the truth and they want the coach to be honest with them. He's not a, a BSer, and uh, he's going to try, you know, and tell you what you have to do to get better. And uh, I think that works worked with the 1.0 players, and it's definitely, you know, worked with. Uh, I think it can work with the uh, the current Jets. You know, we've heard so much about Rick's contribution to coaching staffs where he hasn't been the head coach. Right. Um. And, and again, you know, if we're picking through his head coaching history, you know, had a really good season in Boston. We just talked to Dave Poulin about that. Um, I'm not sure anyone could survive being the head coach of the expansion Ottawa Senators for what he was doing. Um, but listen, we saw a pretty incredible run to the cup final under mm -hmm. Rick in Dallas. Um, and again, saw them push the Calgary Flames to the absolute brink in overtime of game seven. We've talked, Joe, I mean, on this program, as well as the two of us, when you've joined us about some pretty obvious issues this Winnipeg Jets had on the ice in the locker room. Do you think it's a good fit? Because Rick Bonus as a person and as a head coach come in and 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 get the changes that this team obviously needs to get back to where they probably should be based on the yeah. talent in the room. I do. I think. I mean, I think you're going to get that uh, that bump, you know, that positivity bump that didn't happen under uh, you know Dave Lauer because he wasn't a different voice in the dressing room. <laughs> I found it funny when Rick was saying in today's press conference about his you know this final year in Dallas. Or, you know, about needing a different voice in the dressing room. I thought I was listening to Paul Maurice again. Uh, but I think that he'll, he, you know, he brings a positivity around him. I'm sure the players will have, you know, confidence and he'll get commitment and he will make significant changes. I mean, Paul Maurice had his favorites. Rick doesn't have, have his favorites right now, right? You know, the players are going to have to prove, you know, to him that they warrant the ice time. And, you know, we're going to see significant bump in responsibility for a player like Nikola, Nikolai Ehlers, you know, who, like I think Jeff Hamilton said, sometimes he was the best player in the game, yet he couldn't get on the ice for a power play because the first unit took all the time, you know? So, and you could see that he was frustrated by that at times. So I think you'll get the buy-in from the players. And there is talent on this team. They just had to play defense and they had to care about playing defense, you know? And, you know, he said that Mark Shifley was all in for next season. Well, okay, I'm going to reserve judgment on that because <laughs> I want to see that because 
way too many times Mark Shifley did not commit to playing defense. Well, it, let me ask you this, Joe, because it's interesting, and this sort of comes off of what we were just talking about with uh, with Jeff, but, I mean, it's been widely reported that Blake Wheeler is very much on the trade board and, from the sounds of it, uh, is yeah. more than would be more than happy with uh, with the change of scenery. Let's assume that that happens. Yes. I mean, Shifley's always sort of been the the Robin to Wheeler's Batman as far as being the superheroes in the uh, in the room, if you will. How do you think that might change Shifley's situation? A new coach, no Blake Wheeler there, a new captain of the hockey club. Um, can they make this work and get him back to being the guy that you know seemed to be so bought in and passionate about being a Winnipeg Jet and being the best that he could be? I can only hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. That's up to Mark. I mean. I can only hope, though, because there's a lot of talent, obviously, there. And he just, for some reason, just chose not to to use it, whether he, he was upset about something, you know, or something was going on in his life. I don't know. But he was not, as you said, the same player as he was a few seasons ago. And, you know, I think Blake Wheeler's days were numbered at that, uh, you know, that final press conference they had, they, they had there after the... Uh, final game of the regular season when Kyle Connor talked about the dressing room atmosphere. Well, and that's all on Blake and even Blake acknowledged it. That was, that was a criticism of Blake Wheeler and probably a little bit of Mark Shifley as well. So, I mean, Blake's, and I've said this before and I think you've agreed with it. Blake Wheeler, you know, he, he came to play last season. You know, we said, I said a lot of negative things about Mark Shifley, but Blake Wheeler those last 30, 40 games after he came back from that injury, he played. He played his heart out. So I'm not, I'll never criticize the effort that Blake Wheeler get, gave uh, at the end of last season. But obviously there's, uh, there's something about his leadership that's just not clicking with the players now. And uh, whatever that is, it may, is, may be a time for a parting of the ways. Um, you know, and this obviously gets back to uh, back to Shafley, but um, this is a really interesting quote from Rick Bonus, And thanks to Paul Friesen for popping this up on his feed bonus was asked on what he does when on <laughs> think of all who I wonder who's asking about what do you do when an offensive player doesn't want to do the dirty defensive work here's the quote if he wants to win he buys in and if he doesn't buy in then you're taking away his ice time his ability to get all those points because the team has to come first and the players know who's getting away with murder and who's not getting away with it. So we have to hold everyone accountable at the same level, everyone top to bottom. I mean, that is music to my ears, Joe. That's exactly oh, yeah. what we were talking about all last season. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding if they can actually get that those results and make that happen. But that's exactly, I think, what every single fan of the Winnipeg Jets wants to hear. We were all and probably most that. of the other players in the room, I'd bet, oh, too. Of course, because if a fourth-line player made half a mistake that Mark Shifley made, they wouldn't see the ice for the rest of the game. But Mark Shifley could have, you know, as we saw, just give the puck away in that overtime game against Dallas where he gave the puck away and then skated off the ice, leaving Blake Wheeler to defend a two-on-one. What was that? So if if Rick Bonus can get Mark Shifley to buy in, you know, then my God, <laughs> that's half the battle there, isn't it? And uh, that would be awesome because Mark Shifley is definitely a better player than what we have seen the last couple of seasons. Scooch, I I've got to ask you about this because I mean, in my long um, 
time here in Winnipeg, being a kid going to games and then a teenager and you know, whatnot. I mean, I have some memories of the eighties teams, but no more like, listen, I'll be honest. I didn't remember a lot about Rick bonus. Do you think I remembered he sort of took over for Dan Maloney. Yeah. But one thing I'll never forget was the infamous peanut butter game against the Ottawa senators. And I was looking Rick bonus would have been the coach on the visiting yes. bench for that game. And the Bob Cadelsi has trick. I mean, He's got his fingerprints all over some hilarious <laughs> history of the 1.0 era. Oh, one of the, the great promotional disasters in Winnipeg Jets history, giving the fans peanut butter as they came into the arena. And then the Jets go on and just play a stinker against the Ottawa Senators, which, you know, and it still happens today. They play down to the level of their opposition, right? And yeah, after the game, People were chucking those uh, those peanut butter jars. Thankfully, they were plastic out on the ice in uh, what they to sort of, you know, show what they thought the Jets performance that night. Winnipeggers want a solid effort. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to let you know. I have the funniest story about that game. I was working at the time and I was working through most of the game and. Over the years, I'd made friends with some of the uh, the older gentlemen that were working the ticket taking in, and I got there basically at the start of the third period and was gained access to the building, shall I say? <laughs> and I was in there, and it was six three Jets at the time. If you recall, in the third period, the Jets gave up those three goals. It was Bob Kadelski, I believe, who had a hat trick, including the OT winner. And you saw the game go from oh, everyone was upbeat, and well, you're going to beat Ottawa. And then, you know, one of the more embarrassing losses that the team would have had in a number of years. And yes, the the peanut butter jars rained down. <laughs> Luckily, no one was hurt, but uh, yeah. certainly a, a, memorable, waited. <laughs> a memorable moment. I'll have to ask Rick at some point if he remembers that. <laughs> but again, hopefully nothing like that coming forward for the home team now no, that he's I, on board. I think that there I think I'm I'm confident of a bump. I'm confident that they'll get the positivity bump that everybody will buy in. Hopefully he will give opportunities to the younger players like Villanola, because we, you know, we can all suspect that Dylan Sandberg is going to be one of the six defensemen, you know, and, and, you know, they're going to trade, you know, you hear, I keep hearing you, Jeff Hamilton, you know, but name brought up about uh, Brendan Dillon, but, you know, I'd like to see Nate Schmidt be the one that's traded because I thought he had a terrible season last year. He made way too many defensive mistakes, but maybe that was compounded by the fact the forwards weren't helping out. You know, and if you can get like if you can get everybody to buy in, you know, that's great. I don't mind boring hockey if you're winning, right? If <laughs> Most you're winning, fans are the same okay. way. <laughs> if you're winning, I don't care. Win any way you can, you know, and win at home. That would be very because the Jets <laughs> are just brutal at home. Under uh, Paul Maurice, just terrible. You know, um, as I said, I mean, we'll have some answers, I would imagine, to a few of these questions over the course of potentially the next week. Um, it would be interesting. I'd say I'd be surprised if all of the Jet defensemen are still on the roster next week. Um, and Brendan Dillon, I think, is part of the reason we hear about him is because he's, you know, sort of a player that many teams would want. And, of course, he's got right. a much more affordable contract than Nate Schmidt and no matter what we're talking about when there's player movement, I mean, the salary cap and what these players are owed is a big, big part of it. Joe Piscucci's with us. Make sure you check out his Twitter feed for the great retrospective on Rick Bonus's time here in Jets <laughs> 1.0. Uh, but Scooch, before we go, 
Bombers, what do you think about the team so far? 3-0, and although maybe not quite looking like the powerhouse that we had last season. But, hey, winners win, and they've done that. And, of course, right. the matchup well, against former Bomber Andrew Harris tonight. Well, well, you know offenses usually start slow, and that's fine because you don't want the Bombers to be peak, you know, performance mode early in the season because if you're at the peak, there's only one way to go, and that's down. So I'd rather see them gradually build up that offense and get better and better each week. The defense, as we know, is always strong, and, the, you know, they've, they're they obviously, you know, their performance may slip a little bit, but the defense is always going to be there. So the offense still a work in progress. They're getting it done, and that's the important thing. They'll get better week by week. They'll improve that running game. and But I think tonight, tonight's a trap game for the Bombers. Uh, I, bombers have a history of not playing well in Toronto. So, and of course the big game is this week. Well, I shouldn't say the big game, the big game's tonight, but the big game, you know, and it's hard for players not to think about it. It's Saturday night when they've got to go to BC. So they're going to have a short week. They got to travel to BC, right? And if they don't get enough fluids into their body in the next few days, they're going to cramp up at, the, at BC place. And then they've got Calgary after that. So what are the more important games to the Bombers players in their minds? And it, it's a trap to fall into. And, and I've seen it in the past with the Bomber teams. They look past tonight's game because this is a game they should win because it's Toronto and Toronto doesn't look that good. And their focus is on two upcoming games against their two main rivals for this uh, Western division in the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. So I'm, I I don't have a good feeling about tonight. I'll right? say this about the Bombers, and I'm with you. I mean, we've watched this team, and you know, we've been around long enough that these are you get that feeling. Like, oh man, you look at the schedule, going, oh, this could be it. I'll say this though, especially over the last couple of seasons. I mean, Mike O'Shea has created a culture of winning that I don't think we've really seen since you know maybe those early '80s period of time. Yeah. And they find a way. They come out. They're a professional. Um, and that wasn't the case of the Toronto Argonauts. More than anything, I'm wondering if you get a huge bounce back from the Argos the way they were embarrassed in BC last week. Because if you're a yeah. professional, you don't want to be made to look like the JV part of the Canadian Football <laughs> League, which is exactly what Nathan Rourke did to them. Right. And so, okay, so you've got the Argos wanting to prove something after that humiliation, as you just said. And you've got Andrew Harris wanting to prove something to Mike O'Shea and to Kyle Walters that there was still more football left in him. So I just think it's a, there's, you know, there's some ingredients there, a recipe for disaster tonight for the Bombers. A close game may be closer than it should be. And in, like last year, it was a close game, but then it just turned in the Argos' favor late. And uh, the Bombers could never recover. Scooch, so much fun having you on the program. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, I can't wait for some more dips into the archives now that uh, the man they call Bones is back in Winnipeg. Well, I can't wait for round two with Jeff Hamilton and yourself. <laughs> right on. Thanks for doing this. Okay. Thank uh, you. The Scooch, Joe Piscucci, a great friend of the program. Follow him on Twitter at Piscucci015. Of course, the, uh, old, I mean, a longtime legend in the sports community here in Winnipeg, being the uh, go-to guy on CKND and, of course, the uh, sports director for Global for all of those years. All right, we got to get Remus back in here. Hey, a big cheers to the folks uh, that enjoyed a CC and ginger on the weekend. 
Matt, it was great. We got to Clear Lake. They had 1919s in the in the uh, beer cart. They had the CC and Gingers. We had a couple of both. Saw a bunch out of Country Fest as well. If you haven't tried it, Canadian Club now has a ready-to-drink pre-mix Canadian Club and Ginger Ale cocktail. Pick it up at your favorite beer store or liquor store today. And, of course, the Great Taste of Canadian Club available at MLCCs. And both are available at the next Bomber game because, of course, Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Blue and Gold and all their products available throughout IG Field. Uh, great night to get out Take advantage of maybe a little happy hour at BP and then settle in for the Bombers and Argos at 6.30 p.m. No matter what Boston pizza you're going to tonight, they'll have the big game on the big screen with big sound. You can uh, jump into that great new summer menu as well, including carnitas, tacos, and pizzas. And the pizza flights are back as well. And, of course, check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. We still got to get to Assiniboia Downs picks for tonight as well as our cool bet lines. Let's get Remus back in here. And uh, Remo, wow, huge show today, as expected. Um, people kind of waiting for the WST after the long weekend with everything happening. But um, heck of a way to kick off a huge week with the draft in a couple days, the GM meetings. And uh, we haven't really even got too much to trade talk because, of course, the uh, news here today in Winnipeg is uh, Bones is back and Rick Bonus hiring as the uh, Winnipeg Jets head coach. Huge show so far. We had over 700 people uh, peak during our conversation with Jeff Hamilton, which we were receiving text messages saying it was the most heated conversation. We had Jeff versus oh. us comments in chat. Okay, that's hilarious. I Now, maybe it's just because I get along so well with Jeff and I respect yeah. him so much, but... That didn't seem like it to me. I was you sort guys, of shocked at some of the comments and like what Scooch was saying afterwards. I'm like, really? You guys went toe to toe. It was like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania <laughs> three. Uh, some people were saying that you were like the Undertaker and he was mankind, uh, throwing him off the steel cage, <laughs> off the, break. the hell in the cell. I don't know, or or it could just I don't know. It was it was pretty entertaining. I was here for it. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Uh, with the Winnipeg Jets, which I think is partially why uh, our numbers over the last two months have been so awesome. I mean, thank you, Barry Trotz. But now, as we move forward here towards the draft and the offseason, uh, we're going to have some, maybe some moves, the roster moves to talk about. We're going to have two new additions on Thursday, assuming they don't make a trade. And then Friday is the round, the rest of the draft. So uh, this is an exciting time for sure. And, you know, Rick Bonus thinks he can. Uh, make it take him back to the playoffs. Hopefully he can, and we can have a more successful near ne next year, but with no games, this is so much fun. But as I said last week, no games going on. And so you can't lose. You're not really mad after a, after a loss. So it's just a, a lot of excitement, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And, and uh, listen, I, I kind of said this at the start, I was absolutely stunned when I heard that it was Rick bonus. And I mean, just because I'm like most of you, I mean, I kind of leave the insidering and the big J journalism to, the guys that are hired to do that. I mean, I'll try and bring my perspective and my takes based on, you know, who I am, my experience to this program each and every day. But we sort of lean on those guys for, you know, all of that digging. And Rick Bonus had not been a name that we'd heard really mentioned for the head coaching position at any time. So it did seem like a big swerve by the Jets. Um, and who knows, maybe this, and I think this always happens when you hire a new head coach, you got some good feelings around. He's a very likable guy and a very easy guy to, you know, I think sort of get behind. Um, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of the things that I've heard today, 
make me optimistic going into uh, into next year. Listen, we all would have loved to have Barry Trotz coming in. That wasn't the op. That wasn't going to happen. Um, and when you think about some of the other individuals um, that were mentioned as potentially the head coach, I think this is a really interesting way that the Jets have gone here with a two-year deal, knowing what this window is right now with some of the current contracts. And, you know, if listen, I don't want to call him a placeholder because I think that does him a disservice right now. And I think certainly from talking with Jeff, that is not the intention of the Winnipeg Jets going forward. Um, but, you know, you have a more of a shorter commitment to a guy that I think you can hope in and first and foremost, change the culture, make it a little bit more fun, empower these guys and get them to buy in. And if he can do that, I think there's a significant boost going forward into next season. Uh, but again, We'll be talking about that when we drop the puck in October or in and around training camp. Now that we know who the guy is, the big question is who he's going to be coaching. And that is going to dominate many of the conversations this week with trade talk, potential player moves, and of course the Winnipeg Jets draft selections coming up on Thursday. Hey, I'll just weigh in real quick. I mean, we talked about all the qualities that we wanted in a head coach. Seems like today, especially after you mentioned those uh, tweets that uh, Paul Friesen had in the post. Oh, I love scrums. that quote. I love that quote so much. I mean, that's what you want to hear. Uh, defensive structure, good communicator, has accountability. It seems like he has uh, all the uh, you know the qualities of a head coach that we've been talking about for the last couple of months. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the roster looks like before you can. I think before you can really project anything, but. I think this is going to be, again, very, very fun period of time here uh, in NHL. We did have a number of roster moves on the weekend, too. Yeah, we just quickly, let's get to that. Uh, Ryan McDonough moving to the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. Did not see that coming. But, you know, it, it seems every year Tampa has an incredible run. Last two years, they'd won the Cup. This year, they fall just short. And at times, some of the players that they picked up, presumably to be you know, one and done or rental players stick around. Nick Paul got a seven year deal at $3 million. So he gets kind of, you know, obviously gets to stay in Tampa and has some security for the rest of his career. But I thought McDonough was pretty damn good during the course of the playoffs, especially earlier on. I was a little bit surprised to see him being traded, but I guess that's one of the things that Julian Breezewell has to deal with at this point of the year, pretty much every season. Yeah, and I saw a tweet like, why are teams helping out Tampa getting uh, free up cap space? Well, you're getting a Ryan McDonough for, for free, basically. 33 years old. And you think, you know, he's got a longer contract. Maybe he'll fall off at the end, but you'd like to think that the, the salary cap is going to go up um, in the last years of that deal. So, you know, Nashville's looking kind of solid. Let's see if they can re-sign Philip Forsberg, what it means for them. And Tampa probably going to use some of that money, try and sign Andre Palat and and sweet all that cap space is so valuable right now. There's a lot of teams that don't have a lot of it. And when you talk about a Blake Wheeler trade, getting that cap space to try and get, you know, another top six player, you know, another manner would be helpful or top six, middle six, four, whatever <clears throat> forward depth that they need. So Tampa, you know, been a very smart organization for a while. Uh, you like that move, maybe trading a guy, you know, just before um, the decline starts and you see some of the best organizations who do that they aren't afraid to cut a player who's you know helped them a lot and maybe even if it's a, a touch early yeah no doubt about that all right um obviously we'll be back uh, at this tomorrow i mean we'll be bringing in mike and marat and ken over the course of the weekend um and 
probably a few individuals from outside the market as well to talk a little bit more about Rick Bonus, the Winnipeg Jets going forward. But, you know, really the focus almost immediately shifts to player moves, the general manager's meetings on Wednesday, and of course, Thursday's first round of the National Hockey League draft. All right, uh, let's get to the cool bet lines quickly. And by the way, I want to give a, a, a big shout out and a thank you, Hello. a personal thank you to uh, Chris Abbott from Cool Bet. Chris um, has been such a huge supporter of ours. Um, the day that TSN 1290 shut the doors, he was literally the first call saying, hey, what are you doing next? We want to partner with you. We want to be with you. Uh, and of course, we've been getting great support with the lock shop along with my pal Dustin Nielsen. And um, here at Sports Talk, at Winnipeg Sports Talk as well. Chris is finishing up with Cool Bet. Really excited to keep on working with Pat Gregoire and Jake Bolin Moss. Uh, but a big WST thank you to Cool Bet Chris for everything that he's done helping us along in the first year and a half or so of the program. All right. As far as the Cool Bet lines for tonight go, uh, let's get to it. Interesting line moves. I was saw Bombers minus four and a half yesterday. I think it was as high as five. Now the number has gone back to three and a half. So if you were waiting to bet the Bombers, I think now's the time to jump in on. I can't see it getting any lower than this, but minus three and a half right now is the spread at minus 105. That was the number I locked into the Bombers last Tuesday, I guess. And then it had gone back up. Well, it seems some people maybe feeling what Scooch was saying earlier. Tough trap game for the Bombers and looking for a much more motivated Toronto team led by Andrew Harris, who will have a little payback on his mind as well. Bombers minus 179 on the money line. That's down from minus 213 earlier today. And the Argos at plus 145. And right now, they still do have the CFL futures up. Bombers continue to be the Grey Cup favorites at plus 235. But the BC Lions, number two now at plus 350 after opening somewhere, I think, in and around 25 or 27 to 1. Great story in BC. We'll hit that later on this week. Bombers in BC on Saturday. First things first, though, tonight, Monday Night Football, 6.30 p.m. tonight. I know the OB guys will be getting going with their pregame show at 4.30. And, of course, the uh, game on TSN tonight, 6.30 p.m. If you've never bet a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% deposit up to $200 on your first deposit. All right, Reem, let's get to uh, let's get to the track. We don't have a lot of time for this today because we've uh, been spending so much time on the Jets, but I am excited to see what happens tonight at Assiniboia Downs again. By the way, shout out to all of our winners from our Pick 6 contest a couple weeks ago. Remus and I are looking forward to meeting and hosting all of you a week tomorrow in the Terrace Dining Room out at Assiniboia Downs. Uh, where are you going tonight? Monday's always big. If you can have a strong Monday, you can usually carry that momentum into Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, I'm going to change up my strategy. I'm going to go with three. I need to win, and I need to win big. I'm going with because <laughs> I haven't really won at all this year, and uh, I'm down uh, some serious dollars. So um, here is my, what am I going to do? Three triactor boxes. Oh, Ken. Yes, yes. Sorry, Ken's texting me during the show. But, Ken, uh, we're trying to make horse picks right now. I'm trying now to make my horse picks here. And I was just actually on the phone during your last part with Wallace and Wallace. Uh, oh, I... <laughs> they're coming! They're coming over to look at my garage. How's that for service from our gang at Wallace and Wallace? Yeah. And I, I heard you calling, taking a phone call. I'm like, well, this is a perfect time to cool do the cool bet lines. 
uh, because Remus is on the phone right now. Anyways, let's Sorry. focus back in. I'll, We've got post time on this. 7.30 p.m. Okay. tonight at a Cinnaboy announce. Race one, two, four, six, Barbie's Quest, Sizzle and Susie, my brood. Is that what I picked? I don't remember picking those guys, but okay, I will go with that. Race five, uh, race seven, I'm bouncing around here. Two, four, five, the whiskey worked. And uh, shout out to uh, Canadian Club, what? Um... Uh, Star Obi, I don't know what that one is. And what's going to truly and terrific, who I'm a big fan of. Race five. I have two, three, five. Artist and dancer, Dazzling Gold, and My Bella, who I'm a big fan of as well. And those are $1 boxes, so $6 total on each of those. And uh, race two, going to the long shot, Anar, uh, $2 to win. There you go. Nicely done. All right. You know what? I think this is the first time ever where we have an identical pick. So hopefully we can both win. Uh, I'm going late. I'm just doing the late rounds. Uh, I'm starting off on race number five. I'm putting uh, four bucks on number one to win Prairie Magic. And then I'm rolling Prairie Magic, Artesian Dancer, and uh, Mabella, a one, two, five triactor box. Race number six, I am just dropping $2 on number three to win that's spats Ronaldo cumberbatch is the hottest jockey right now when we were out at the track last wednesday with the not autocorp gang Ronaldo won i think three races was second in a couple other ones so i know spats is a bit of a longer shot but we're riding with Ronaldo. he's on fire and then yes remo you and i have somehow made the exact same pick for number seven a one dollar triactor box on one two five hey hey runaway the whiskey worked and truly and terrific and then i also threw down or sorry race seven i i'm looking at the wrong race race seven is two four five the whiskey worked a start open truly and terrific and i've also got uh number two the whiskey worked two bucks to win and two bucks to show if you want to make a few wagers on the track without going to a Cinnaboy Downs tonight, open up an account over at hpibet.com. You'll be able to wager on a Cinnaboy Downs and tracks around the world. But no better place to be than live watching the ponies post time tonight, 7.30 p.m. to begin the week of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday racing. Yeah, as we wrap up, we do need to give a special shout-out today. It is 4th of July, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. We are big fans of... Uh, Joey Chester, there's actually a picture on uh, on my Instagram of us with him uh, when he was in studio that time. But That was he, an all-time thrill to meet one of the greatest athletes of all time, never mind just a generation. Yes, but um, what was it, 14? 14th yellow mustard belt? How many is the exact yeah, number? Yeah, I think it's 15 today. 15 today. Came in on a broken what? He was wearing a cast. I mean, honest, like I was. I'm usually all geeked out Fourth of July. There's so much jet stuff going on. I really was kind of off my my radar. But he came in dominant. There was even a protester on stage who he choked. Joey out. choked him out. Joey was, basically choked him out in the middle of winning the hot dog contest by 15. Although, I mean, as someone that had the over 74 and a half hot dogs and buns. You should get refunded. Uh, you know what? That was complete interference. There was no way that that should be. Like, if this was a horse race, we'd have an objection. There would be an objection. They would go back. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, listen, he's still the best. Uh, and yeah, if you haven't seen, I mean, they didn't show it on ESPN, but there's enough uh, video out online 
uh, about this protester going up and Joey in the middle of having like four dogs in his mouth turned around, snapped the choke on him. And then George Shea with the hat behind him getting into it as well, preventing the golden child of the world of competitive eating from being uh, inconvenienced in the middle. I mean, that's basically like someone rolling out in the middle of a play and getting in Tom Brady's face at the Super Bowl. Where was the security there at uh, Nathan's famous at, at Coney Island? Uh, I'm sure they're going to be reviewing the protocols, but pretty, pretty disgusting that someone would get in Joey Chestnut's way mid-competition. Um, it rattled him. I mean, he was already dealing with the leg injury, and uh, and apparently, I mean, I've been paying close attention to the weather on Coney Island all weekend long to see what it would be like, and it was supposed to be like perfect eating conditions, of like 22 degrees. I don't know what happened. Either the weather people were way off uh, because it peaked above 100 degrees Fahrenheit today, and when it gets that hot and steamy, it's very difficult for the best in the world to you know, get their HDBP per minute numbers up to where you would have to be to, to be in the mix with the Joey Chestnut. So 63 was the number, still won by 15 hot dogs and buns, uh, but a far cry from the world record numbers that he put up over the last few years. He'll do it next season, uh, next year. Mark my words, but again, a big WST. Congratulations to Joey Chestnut, one of our all-time favorites. It's so weird, man. You know, we've been talking about all this jet stuff and coming out of the weekend. It's Monday, normally a quieter day. We got a bomber game tonight. I'm uh, just now going to finish up the program and get ready for uh, really interested to see how this game goes. And I'm very invested in it as well. I need the bombers minus three and a half to go four and zero oh in the lock shop and a very nice parlay that's sitting around as well. So uh, I may not have got the over on Joey Chestnut on the 74 and a half hot dogs and buns, but it will all be made okay if the Bombers can win by four tonight. Okay, well, I see a lot of people asking, why is this game on a Monday? I'll give you my two theories. First theory is there was a soccer game on the weekend of field availability, a field availability, maybe an issue. However, this is my other theory that maybe they want ESPN wanted some 4th of July football content to show. I have no idea. Great call. It's Great call. Pa- that's, my, that's my other theory. Anyway, CFL. Bombers, America's team yeah. tonight <laughs> playing on the 4th of July. Hey, okay. speaking of the 4th of July, those hats that the major, league, major leaguers are wearing this week, this weekend, yesterday, and today, mm-hmm. potentially the ugliest hats that have ever made it onto the field at a major league baseball game. Are you kidding me? Those Mets, I saw a picture of the Mets playing yesterday, and I almost barfed. I mean, it was that it was that ugly and that horrible. Okay, here, I'll throw up the picture. But I was going to say, as far as my parlay go, uh, Hamilton wrecked it. Um, they are, I mean, Dane Evans just gave away the game with the interceptions and then gave it away again when he tried to carry the ball in the fourth quarter in the final, what, second-last drive and fumbled it, uh, you know, in the red zone. Um, in his own red zone. So I thought it was a rough performance for him. The East is looking terrible. I think Ottawa is way better than their record. They've just had a terrible schedule draw playing the Bombers twice and BC. I think Ottawa's best, but it's possible Toronto, if they upset the Bombers, they could be in there. But um, BC looking great. Oh, yeah, and uh, Montreal. I don't know what Montreal's been doing with the quarterback situation. They benched Vernon Adams for seemingly no reason early on. Trevor Harris clearly hasn't been the guy. Um they're in, they seem to be in trouble in Montreal, so uh, we will see Toronto tonight. But I don't know how many good teams there are. I think it's the Bombers, then BC, and then maybe Calgary. Everyone else sucks. 
Well, I, it's right or now. Saskatchewan. It's all in the West right now. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan I don't know. You knew they were going to come back. That was the easiest pick of the weekend that they would get yeah. revenge on Montreal at home. Ran away with it in the second half of that game yesterday. I don't know oh, if Saskatchewan's any good or not. I, I have no idea. Uh, they're, they're good. They'll be a playoff team. They'll be a tough out. Um, Jeff Kabilis, Liv Morgan, better than Liv Golf. Hell yes. Shout out to Liv who won the Money in the Bank briefcase and then cashed it in to be the new champion over Ronda Rousey. And uh, and Austin Theory as well got in there. I, I did PVR that while I was at Country Fest and catch up on it last night. Very entertaining. And yeah, the Live Golf. I'll admit, I did watch a bunch of the Live on Thursday and on, uh, or I guess on Thursday. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. There's a lot of big names. There wasn't a lot of great play. Um, we'll see whether this catches on going forward. I am in uh, very much looking forward to the Scottish Open, though, which will have 14 of the top 15 in the world. And, of course, the Open Championship coming up in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks to everyone that joined us today. Huge show, as expected, with the new announcement of Rick Bonus. We'll have much more reaction on this going into tomorrow's show. And a number of our regulars covering the Winnipeg Jets will pop by over the next few days. Uh, folks, again, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast feeds, Apple, Spotify. Uh, it's been amazing. And a big thanks to everyone that's been downloading. Our podcast numbers have been smashing records for the last few weeks. And we really do appreciate it. It's nice seeing WST so high on the charts, and it's all because of all of you. Uh, folks, enjoy the Bomber game tonight. 6.30 p.m. kickoff. We'll discuss it tomorrow. More on the Winnipeg Jets heading into the next couple days before, of course, the first round of the uh, of the playoffs. Or first round, excuse me, of the S, uh, NHL draft on Thursday night. Um, have a great one. Kenny and Rennie are on. Head on over there. Check them out, what they've got going on. And we'll see you tomorrow on WST, live at 1 o'clock and in your podcast feed by 3.30. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.